Prince Ali, fabulous is he, Alibaba. Welcome back. Reel it in. Whoop, whoop, whoop. What voice was that? <laughs> a new challenger approaches. <laughs> the man to my left. Welcome back, Andrew. How, yeah, do, how was your week off? How was, how was being dead? Uh, yeah. Being dead was great. Nice. And not great at the same time. I miss being alive yeah. here. Missed you guys. It's good to have you. <laughs> so, the man across from me, Ben. And then, of course, Will. Well, welcome back, guys. Let's just jump right into the deep end. Uh, deep end. Andrew, what have you been watching, buddy? Uh, I've been watching so much. Uh, a lot of anime. A lot of anime. Uh, so I watched Mary and the Witch's Flower, which we talked about last time. It's not a Studio Ghibli movie, but it is the guy who did Secret World of Arietti. He yep. actually left Ghibli and started his own studio. And so the animation is very similar, and the whole uh, real-world magical elements is very similar. Good, not the greatest. It very is very much is missing that that Ghibli magic. Um, That's what I hear that they have, but it's starting out in a good place. Like if he can just improve on what he brought with this for his other movies, I think this will be another standard in that I will have to watch his movies. Um, and then I, on your recommendation, started Dororo. By by your he means oh me, yeah Anthony sorry Rodriguez. I patted. <laughs> for those who can't see us right now. Shoulder. Uh, and yes. touching touching and Andrew yeah. takes his right hand and, and places it on Anthony's shoulder. Anthony uh, feels comfortable. Yes. Yet uncomfortable. At <laughs> same once. time. Uh, I started watching Dororo and caught up in about a week. I'm impressed by yeah. how quickly you started watching It is that. really, really good. Especially the first half. I would say the second half kind of falters a bit i can even say the episode where it starts to uh it's episode 13 uh and the weird thing is they switched the theme song as well which was the first kind of like man that first opening that, uh, that song is awesome and then they change it and the series as a whole kind of takes a different tone versus the first half interesting the yeah. i wonder i wonder if like new like a new director came on or if things Sounds- changed Sounds like One Punch Man. Yeah. Maybe. Animation's yeah. still solid. Uh, one of the things I noticed, and I, I did some backstory, just context, looking into it. The original series was a two-season series. Yes. Uh, based on the manga, and this is a 24-episode, just one-shot, limited series. So I'm wondering if halfway through was like, the first half was the first season of that original show, and the second half is the second season. And so they tried to cram it all in one and it's kind of just disjointed as a full season that sounds like sword art online yeah the first half of that first season they get out of the digital realm and it's like oh really there's like still like half a season more yeah yeah Yeah. inevitably with some of these shows specifically with dororo is that the idea of him getting a new body part after each week and the Mm -hmm. demon of the week that eventually he gets all his body parts back then it's like okay that's like now thing, you have yeah, yeah. yeah now you have to change kind of the idea of the show mm-hmm. just like you said that's with more, like very much like sword art how yeah. Yeah. it very much changed but stayed the same kind of it's uh it's the prison break thing 
where the first season of Prison yep. Break, everyone really liked it <laughs> because it's like, okay, how do they get out of prison? And then they finally broke out of prison. And there was like four or five more seasons. We got to like, put them what back else, in yeah, the prison. Like, what else? Now we got to <laughs> so break in break the prison. Out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it's okay to have one season of something because that's your idea that beginning to end kind of like breaking bad where vince gilligan came out and said he always knew that there was a beginning and there's a reason mm-hmm. why breaking bad is only five seasons long and it's yeah. not a continuing running series hmm. anything else andrew you've been watching i would like to comment on how difficult it is to pronounce that name Dororo. yeah it's it's d-o-r-o-r-o yeah yeah it's dororo is definitely how they say it and, and they say it really fast a lot of the time. Yeah, and yeah. Doro is not even the, the main, main character. character. Yeah. So huh? it throws everything. I'm happy they don't call it after the main character because the main character's name is... I'm it, not even it's attempting like to pronounce... It's like Hiku Yuomaro or something <laughs> it's like, like that. It's like four yeah. consonants after each other and it's a tough. random vowel just thrown in there. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Ex- I'm, I'm, I'm excited to continue watching that. Even, that even the show. characters in the show don't know how to pronounce his name. Like, they'll just shorten it. Almost. Yes, they, immedi- the they immediately call him a, a nickname because they don't want to say his full name. Is um, there anything else on the list, Andrew? Uh, and then Ben and I saw Aladdin last night. It was spur of the moment. Hmm. We saw it at 9.45 yeah. <laughs> evening. Um, uh, but that it was, it was actually enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I was very pleasantly surprised. I thought I was going to just be rolling my eyes throughout the movie. And there's a particular scene where I actually was crying, laughing so hard. Oh, yeah. Because it's Guy Ritchie's dialogue, and he is the master at creating awkward but funny, enjoyable moments. And this movie definitely had that. Uh, and it pays a lot of tribute to the source material. It actually doesn't stray too far away from the original. So, uh, so like, beat for beat, it's pretty much like the, the animated yeah, movie? they yeah. just and, expand and- on Jasmine her backstory and everything yeah. uh, and the stuff where it does stray away it makes sense because it's a real movie and it that would look weird yeah it would feel disjointed mm-hmm. compared to the so you like you liked like, it too ben yeah yeah i really enjoyed it and i actually really enjoyed uh uh what's her name as jasmine noah no no naomi S- naomi yeah scott i think there's like some but i don't think it's naomi scott i think she i was a little worried uh because i I had just seen her as a, a Pink Ranger in Power Rangers and Kimberly. Kimberly, yeah, she played and Kimberly in the Power like, Rangers. This is gonna be Jasmine, but when she's got the getup on, she it looks like Jasmine, and she has a phenomenally powerful voice. Yeah, singing voice. It was. I will amazing. say that the, they they added one. You new are correct. Song. It is Naomi Scott. Yeah. Okay. They added one new song that she did, and she blew it away. Yeah. Like it was uh, pretty good. Jafar is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell that from the trailers. That voice that he has in the trailer the is his voice throughout the entire movie. That's unfortunate. He's like a wet blanket. I to <laughs> me, I was just like, "How are you even? Where are so you?" They are, changed like, him up where he used to be a street rat, kind of yeah. like uh, Aladdin, and he he's just obsessed with power and mm-hmm. wants to get all the power. Which did totally you... makes sense. But the mm-hmm. entire time, I'm going like the men you command should be slapping you in the face. Yeah. Like, yeah, Jafar have... is one of the best Disney villains. Yeah, because even though he's yeah. like skinny and physically weak, he has a presence that's like, I will murder you. That voice, like, the yeah. voice from the animated movie yeah. is incredible. And yeah. he just doesn't have that gravitas uh, as a character until like the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how was and... Aladdin and how was Genie? Oh, he was 
Genie was actually really good. Will Smith and is Genie. Aladdin at the beginning didn't connect with me, but as the movie went on, I accepted him a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say something. Oh, Iago, like they he he doesn't like talk all the time. He's an actual parrot. He's an actual parrot. Which he does say a lot of funny things, but it's just parrot talk and not his actual uh, just keep talking. I, I get it. That makes yeah. sense. I'm yeah. excited. They didn't bring Gilbert Godfrey no. back. <laughs> I think and, he's uh, kind of I would blacklisted. Love, I would love to things. have Gilbert Godfrey back. <laughs> he he's, made a 9-11 joke. And I, I don't even think that. he's the Aflac <laughs> duck anymore. No. I yeah. don't think he is. Uh, uh, Apu was a little bit weird looking because they CGI'd his face yeah, to give him emotion. emotion. And Abu. It, Abu. 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 And yeah. it looked a little odd at times. The carpet was great. Oh, yeah. The carpet. So would you suggest people go see it in the movie theater or wait to rent it? Yes. So you think this is absolutely worth the price of The cinematography is cinematography. The the music and the big surround sound system, really good. I'm all about it. All right, Ben, what else other than Aladdin have you been watching, buddy? I just finished up Good Omens, the uh, adaption from Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman's book, and it was fantastic. I haven't started yet. I'm super excited. Probably one of the best adaptions I've ever experienced. They nailed everything. There was one thing missing that was a bummer, but other than that, it was pretty dang funny. Very British humor. I heard, yeah, I heard the the two main actors, David Tennant, and then I don't remember Martin it. Sheen. Sheen. Martin yeah. Sheen. I heard they're wonderful yeah, in it. They like are. they do a really, really good job. Not Martin Sheen. Yeah. Really, Michael. Yeah. It's Michael. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Michael, Michael Sheen. Sheen. Yeah, Martin I, Sheen is. I got that, Yeah, that's the that's yeah. the father. No, we got yeah. you. Michael Sheen. It's a <laughs> famous Brit actor, and yeah, uh, uh, Tennant. He he always has this weird walk about him, which works perfectly for his character, which is a demon. And um, Michael Sheen's character. The last movie I saw him in, he was a very disturbing cult leader, and in this one, he's like this prissy angel and it's pretty funny to oh, yeah. see the difference he's an apostle isn't he yep yeah uh and then i finished up the new twilight zone series it was interesting that that last episode i yeah. caught a majority of it with you was that the last episode of the season yep yeah it was i think I, interesting is like, the correct word i like how they tied it back i like the homage to rod this season just hasn't uh, felt writing-wise very strong. Strong, in a world where we have a Black Mirror and a couple other good anthologies, this one just didn't hold up as well. And you can't compare to Rod Serling's writing back in the day; it was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, this season of the episodes I, I've seen, it was more common for the episode to be meh. To I didn't like it, and then there was the few. There's like two yeah. or three episodes that you're just like, man, those are really good episodes. I'm mm-hmm. happy to call those Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, but they they still miss that certain uh, magic, the <sighs> the ending sting, or yeah, just something like that. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Will? What have you been watching, buddy? Uh, the other night I watched UHF. Oh yeah, the, the Weird yeah, Al. The Weird Al, and I I don't think I'd ever watched it all the way through. I uh, I remembered bits and pieces. I mm-hmm. think I remember like coming in the room, my brother was watching it or something, and I loved it. I mean, it was over the top. It was it was exactly it was Weird Al being Weird Al, and 
very much. Michael Richards' <laughs> performance is like the best thing I I think I've ever seen him do. I mean, I loved Kramer, but I think uh, I don't know him as the janitor. He he picked a a strange way to play that character, and I don't think anyone would have done what he did, especially with how tall and gangly he is. He really mm-hmm. uses that to his like slapstick you know comedy advantage yeah uhf is definitely an underrated movie i think weird al is underrated i think a lot of people look at him in a different light because of how he does mockumentary music yeah but he is incredibly funny and talented mm-hmm. and a comedic like even on the level of i watch a show called comedy bang bang where he yeah. is one of like the final two seasons he's the uh, musical talent on the show and he's so good at what he does yeah like he's i gotta check that out great. i mean i love i love reggie watts but uh seeing weird al kind of take that over i'd be super interested even uh kid cuddy was it for one season oh, really? and kid cuddy did a really <laughs> good job and that was really what held it down is that it's a mockumentary on interview tv shows like late night tv shows yeah. your conan o'brien's your jay leno's things like that um interspersed with like fake like fake ads and fake people like they bring on a fake animal handler but every episode for the most part has a real actor come on playing themselves and it seems like they're not really given a script they're just told to go out there and kind of just play off of what's going on eric andre just cut in half like dialed down yes it is a much more mellow eric andre i saw ken uh john ham on there and it's funny because you know my only introduction to him was uh you know don draper on mad men and he was just totally like this happy-go-lucky mm-hmm. like smiling kind of like i don't really know what's going on but i'm gonna enjoy this anyways and just be you know myself and it was cool yeah you the the come with comedy bang bang you'll see different episodes where you can clearly tell an actor is uncomfortable or yeah. you can tell an actor is trying to play along and then there's ones that you know the actor is knowing what's going on and had input like they came to the show and they're like hey I think this would be funny if we did this and the show's like absolutely let's go ahead and go with it um, but you see a lot of like actors shine like playing themselves like they do a really really good job that show's special and again it's only five or six seasons so it's pretty easy to get is it through. done yes it's oh, over cool then they have oh. and that's the funny thing about the show is that it has a story arc Oh, like really? Reggie Watts is like Reggie Watch has a story arc. Kid Cudi has a story arc. Then the show has a story arc with Weird Al and Scott Ackerman is a superior talent. Unfortunately, huh. the cool thing about the show is a lot of times they bring on famous writers or um, secondary characters you see in comedy shows. Like they all the time, the people who come on and play the fake quote unquote fake people for the little comedy bits within the show you're like oh i know that guy he's in that one show for that one episode and there's all those people and scott ackerman himself has been known for writing behind comedy shows so they have a lot of people on who are kind of more behind the scenes producers or they do comedy podcasts or they or the guys are journeyman uh uh, comedy stand-ups um comedians so i really really enjoy that show so just speaking of weird out for sure you should definitely check that out and uh John Hamm was also in Good Omens as the Archangel Gabriel. Is he? Mm-hmm. Is he really good in that? Yeah, he's and he's got like John Hamm is. He's got like purple eyes. John Hamm cool. is an actor that I actually do think if you tell me he's in the movie, I will do my best to go and see that yeah, movie. John Hamm. Yeah, I really he's like really him. Talented. And I, I, I think I watched maybe twenty minutes of that episode with you, and he. He was so intriguing, you know, he's like getting on the other angel, like, why are you eating sushi? Why are you eating this earth food? And then yeah. he's, the guy responds, he's like, nice suit. Oh, I do like the clothes. 
That's pretty funny. Anything the, else? Uh, yeah. So I watched, uh, gosh, what is it's always be my maybe. It's a romantic comedy with Ali Wong and Randall Park. Oh, oh I, I want to see that. I want to see that. It's worth a watch. I really enjoyed it. I think Randall Park is really underrated, and I'm really Absolutely. happy to see him uh, get some, mm. you know, a limelight. But I mean, really, the way they pull you into the movie is in the trailer. She dates Keanu Reeves, <laughs> and his scenes are fantastic. And if you watch it for one reason, that's it: is just to see him be kind of this mysterious kind of larger than life picture just kind of like poking fun at himself you know because everything you hear about keanu reeves is how he's so like not hollywood and he totally plays this up as just being like super actor man and <laughs> i mean that movie sounds awesome. that movie sounds great just because both of the main actors are kind of underrated i haven't seen ali wong ali wong is the next she's really good she's the next big thing i was listening to joe rogan talk about like the next upcoming stand-up comedians and it, the first person out of his mouth was ali wong he's like ali wong is going to take this world by storm she's gonna be a kevin hart she's gonna be yeah. a chris rock yeah. like I, she I is going that. to be known as a comedian's comedian i have not watched her stand up but in this She's, uh, she's a good actress, actually, or actor. And I mean, you know, it's a typical rom-com. I mean, all the writing is, is basically there. But but the jokes, the chemistry between Randall, it, it all works pretty well. I, I enjoyed it. It's worth one watch. Probably won't watch it again, but definitely worth your time. I know an hey. artist I follow on Twitter, uh, her, her art was uh, uh, on Randall's shirt the stay angry with the oh okay yeah i I remember that shirt and was like let's see that's interesting Mm -hmm. um the other thing in that movie is randall park is in a band that's like this kind of light jazz hip-hop and he raps in it and he writes all the songs and (laughs) really yeah and the song in in the credits is worth listening to the whole thing yeah, have you um, have you guys have anyone in the here been have you guys seen Fresh Off the Boat? Oh yeah, I've oh. seen. No, the seasons, reason why no. you watch Randall that the reason Park why you watch is, that show is, is that because show. Randall Park and the wife. Yeah, their interactions mm-hmm. is like obviously it's about the kid. The kid actually is is off of. Uh, uh, he's a real person. Kind of, he's a real uh, uh, not not Chang. A, There's two famous chef. chefs with the last name Chang. He's one of them. Um, it's based Eddie, off of his kind real of, life. Kind yeah, of Eddie an Chang. autobiography, but yes. then it changed in this. The next seasons. seasons. Yeah. yeah. So, like, obviously the show starts off centering around the kid and his them going from New York to Florida and then them trying to start a new life down in Florida and dealing with being in Asian 90s. in the 90s. But then, really, you the, the stars of the show are the, the mom and the dad, and Randall Park is the father. Hmm. And he's awesome. Yeah. He is so good. And I think the mom was the female lead in Crazy Rich Asians. Yes, she oh, is. okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's really talented too. She's, she's really funny. Really funny. I yeah. I also so last night I I dove into a movie called American Honey. Uh, it's Shia LaBeouf and a girl I've never seen before. In fact, most of the actors in this I don't think have had experience. But it's it's really interesting. It's kind of got an indie feel. It's a like starts off with this uh, girl. She's eighteen. She's got like two kids with her and she's like dumpster diving and she gets this uh, opportunity to like Shia LaBeouf basically says, Hey, uh, come with us, this van full of people and come sell magazines across the country. And it's just really weird. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but I enjoyed it. It's really long. And uh, I don't know. Shia LaBeouf's always weird in a good way to, (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Expand it's, your mind. <laughs> there's there's yeah. those certain movies where when you see them, you're just not you're not gonna go recommend them to anyone. Yeah. But if anyone ever says like, "Hey, I was thinking about watching this movie called American Honey," you go, "Oh, if you're interested, you should absolutely watch it." Bruh. Where it seems like sometimes movies fall in that category. Of like, if someone asks you about it and you've seen it, you're like, "Yes, go watch it." But you're yeah. not like knocking on people's doors like, "Ah, go watch American Honey. It's incredible." That's not kind of what that type of movie yeah. it is. It's so. it's a it's an experience, and it just definitely breaks the mold of typical movies was there one in particular you were thinking of ben? Yeah, yeah uh i i can't remember i know somebody famous somebody famous's son directed it i can't remember <laughs> okay what's it about it. uh the the couple that go away on the retreat and then there's the another duplass mo- brothers movie yeah yep that's it duplass oh yeah the mark mark duplass, mark duplass. who's yeah. who's part of the league which is a really really funny tv show about fantasy yeah. football mark duplass is awesome yeah and the creep the and the creep too the other uh one of the the husband in the league the guy who's married and they always play around with the kids he's taco's brother uh yeah you know who i'm talking about he was a stand-up comedian that got blacklisted because he made a 9-11 joke Oh, and then Gilbert he got, got and, then, and then he got busted and then he got busted for stealing jokes oh. but but and the league was his rebound and he's been nothing but kind like he went on ro- uh, roast battles and he went on there knowing he was going to get destroyed and he was a really good like he was a good uh sport about sp- it. he was a really great sport about it where he's uh, like yes i know i stole jokes wh- and i did wait, this which but one I is haven't his done brother it is that kevin the married one Yes, Kevin. Oh, okay. He's he's the he's, married he's guy. He's the guy that. Is he the okay. main character? Yeah, I really like him. Uh, no, the main character is single. He gets divorced, and then that's Mark Duplass. Speaking of Mark Duplass, oh, just real thinking. quick, have you guys seen the movie with him and Aubrey Plaza where he is building a time machine? Safety not guaranteed. Yeah, and no, it's filmed I in like that movie is great. like Long Beach, Washington, or yeah. Ocean Shores, or something. It's, oh, I've heard about it. It's it's really cool. Is it really I, good? I really liked it. It's the first time that I watched Aubrey Plaza outside of. Uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. And it showed me that she is a talented she's actress. She's great. Yeah. yeah. She is really good. She's different, but sure. she's great. Yeah. I, d- I totally agree with you there. So the one I was talking about was the one I love. Yeah. With uh, Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss. And okay. it's uh, Malcolm McDowell's son who directed it. All right. Okay. Who's that makes sense. Orange, right? yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. I'm excited. Elizabeth Moss is very talented. She I is. don't know why she's yeah. not. Obviously, she's in The Handsmaid's Tale. But she was in Us for a little bit. But I'm excited about this. When we went and saw Godzilla, there was the trailer for the Tiffany Haddish, Melissa McCarthy, yeah, that uh, was Kate really Moss. Weird movie. To see. I actually have some backstory on that you, movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? It's called Go the... Because is the movie called... DC. It's called it's The Kitchen. DC. It's a DC yes. Vertigo um, one-shot that came out a couple of years ago, actually. Um, and it's based around the wives of... Um, like mafia family members um, who all either died or got put in jail and so like they have to there's take a there's take an, over. yeah there's a takeover happening and they have to stand up and stand against that in place of their husbands it was just so weird the movie the movie looks Elizabeth really good McCarthy though. it's an adaption though because I think being the, normal the characters in from the comic from what I saw were all younger mm-hmm. uh, whereas this seems to Melissa McCarthy's like an older mom they're all three yeah, yeah. in their late 30s, early yeah, 40s yeah, kind of so. age range. Yeah. Yes, I agree yeah, for with sure. that. I'm excited about it. So I finished Gravity Falls, Woo! and I'm 
so sad it's over. <laughs> that show is that show is really good. I do, however, believe the first season is better than the second season. The second season is still really it gets good. Really weird though. Yes, it does get really weird. It also With like you can clearly guy. yes, uh, Bill. Yep. You can clearly tell that Alex Hirsch had a beginning and end, and the whole idea of it was to take place over a summer. And that's where I think it what is a show that makes it so special is when the show ends and they're heading back home. That you have that feeling because we all been there. Either it's church camp, summer camps, or just a spring vacation in between school, where you're just like, "Man, I remember <laughs> I that <hated> church camp." <laughs> yeah, you're just like, "I remember that. I remember that." You know, a month and a half period, two month period that was just so special, and it kind of seems magical when you look back on it. Like, you know, I remember being 13, having all that fun, and that's literally when this takes place. Is the kids are 12 and they have their 13th birthday during it, and it has, and it's it's super special. If you have not seen it, you should go see it. It's a full family watch. You will enjoy it. Your wife, husband, kids, you can all watch it together, and everyone will get something out of it. It's really really good. But I'm super. Will my dog get something out of it? Yeah, your dog, just your dog absolutely would get question. something. Yeah, your but not the cat. Be. The cat's jerk no 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 one cares about what the cat wants no but and then so the cat doesn't care about what anyone wants. so we sat around trying to find a new uh, show to watch and i tried to get her in on rick and morty but it didn't quite hit mm-hmm. for my wife which is unfortunate because i love that show it's one of my favorite shows of all time but we my wife has been asking for probably like seven months now to rewatch futurama so oh, we started nice. watching futurama mm. again which we've Good that was that me. was our first series as a married couple um, obviously you watched TV show before that, but that was the, when we moved into our first apartment together, we didn't have a bed. We had an air mattress while we waited for our stuff to, uh, get to where we were living because we moved from New York to Georgia while I was in the military. And all we did was eat pot stickers and watch Futurama <laughs> because we didn't really have that much else as I was waiting to start working again, I was on leave. So that, that show has a special place in our relationship, but also the show is really good. And it's, it's one of those weird yeah. shows, kind of like Family Guy, that has gone through turmoil. Like, mm-hmm. it took them, like, 10 years to get six six seasons just because it kept getting canceled and restarted, and then they had to do animated movies. And yeah, it's didn't just it come one back on ones. Comedy Central, like, after a couple of years? Like, Comedy the Central. The last season. Yeah, yes, yeah. I think it was on Comedy Central, but for a long time it was with Fox. Futurama, just... uh, one of the creators was my favorite writers on The Simpsons, David X. Cohen. And I think him and uh, Matt Groening also are doing the enchant- enchantment. Enchantment. Yeah, enchantment. enchantment. Yeah. Which I still haven't watched. I should I, actually I watch watched that. a couple. It's, I heard, I heard it's, it's worth a watch. I heard yeah. it's not game changer, but no, like yeah. if you I like Futurama, yeah. you like Simpsons, you should probably it's watch it. It's got that. the same joke feel, like mm-hmm. like witty, funny, not life changing, you know? Yeah, the, it's it's so funny. It's the Futurama really is like. Probably some of the best sci-fi writing, which is funny to see, yeah. uh, see that in a uh, cartoon, which is like a slapstick cartoon. But Yeah, it's mm-hmm. and you know sh- with shows, they're able to stand the test of time where the first three episodes of Futurama, the show came out in like 99, and the first three episodes, uh, that it doesn't feel dated. Like mm-hmm. one of the first jokes they make is that, you know, Fry obviously is now in the future, a thousand years into the future, <clears throat> and he's trying to call his great-great-great-great-nephew... Um, who's the lead scientist in the show. Uh, and he's like standing in line thinking it's a phone booth, but it's a suicide booth. <laughs> like, so like just small little things like that. Uh, it's just special where like him and Bender, we just watched this episode where Bender and Fry become roommates. And while they're looking for places to live, 
like they go to one place and it's all super nice it's uh it fits within their budget and they're just like what's the catch and the guy's like there is no catch but technically we are in new jersey lines and then it like cuts them <laughs> they're like we couldn't find one decent place and it's just, <laughs> just on new jersey so the show is really really good i'm i'm happy we started watching it again and uh that that dog episode still destroys oh, me every time it's a special the show the show is really good it does have its ups and downs but when it's on top of what it what it does well it's really incredible the other thing i noticed too you have you you've all seen futurama right yes andrew yeah. okay uh, i you mean just kind of stared off into well i haven't the i was trying to think i haven't watched i've seen episodes so, so i think I we're past we're past Spoiler territory, but minor spoiler yeah, for Futurama. I, I know almost everything about yes. it. Yes. In the but. future, there's a small black animal. I, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting his name right Go- now. Gobbler? Is yeah, his name? yeah. Yeah. Where he is like a lead of a race that knows how time travel is. And you learn. Where he's and, extremely adorable. Yes. Yeah, he's extremely adorable, but extremely intelligent yeah. and powerful. And he uses that to his benefit, being yeah. a cute little guy that everyone is just unassuming towards. But it's revealed later, later in the seasons that he's the guy who pushed Fry into the machine. <laughs> and in the first episode, you see his shadow. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was something that they added in post later. But clearly, no, this is something he planned in, in the first episode. It was like and, Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. And I and I saw, yeah, Ho-Ho. Yeah. With Ho-Ho being, who is that, yeah. uh, flying over the top? Same writing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Pokemon, Pokemon and Futurama. And Futurama. <laughs> exactly. No, but I'm, I'm really happy about those. So now let's get into question of the week. So Andrew's actually a question behind. So real quickly, we'll ask you last week's question. So Andrew, what is your favorite childhood cartoon? Digimon. Whoa! Oh, wow! It's that's like we're brothers. That was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're brothers. Ben, ben, what was I watching yesterday? Digimon. I actually Digimon, started, which is weird like, because uh, uh, Discord. I'm in. Some of the person on there was like, "Oh, I'm watching Digimon today." I was like. That's so, so they just released Digimon. Uh, Maybe that's why they were Digimon watching Fusion, it. which is a, it's a continuation of the original Digimon Adventures. So they ignore seasons three, four, and five, mm-hmm. and they just go back to the original, uh, like cast. the concept and idea of Digimon. Where yeah. I know, yeah, Ben was talking about later on. Like then they like got really weird. They like, themselves they would transform into the Digimon, Digimon and yeah. there would be all this weird stuff. But they kind of just took a step back, mm-hmm. and they're just like, "What happens if we would have continued on the same?" Yeah, type so of that's story? what the that's what the new series is. And so mm-hmm. then I started up for. I actually was watching it a while ago, and then fell off, and so I just started up back from where I was, and just continued. But awesome. Digimon definitely. Cool. All right. So the real question of the week. So this episode, it's, it's jam packed. It's a double stuff Oreo. We're gonna pound you in the face <laughs> with just all. It's it, it's an episode. It's this may be, be our last episode. Gross. This, <laughs> may, this may very this much be the episode. This podcast is Battle of the Bastards. Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's Battle of the Bastards. So so we are gonna do a John Wick review. We're just gonna touch on it again, get yeah. Andrew's thoughts, which we didn't get last week. We're then gonna give you our Godzilla King of Monsters review. But first is our question of the week where it's a little bit more Game of Thrones oriented, which okay. is the meat and potatoes of this of this show, is that we're going to kind of give our season eight thoughts and then what the series meant to us. If you were in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. what house would you be in? What house oh. What house would you be in? I know everyone wants to be in a certain house, but if you, if you can take a second to pull yourself away and think about, like, objectively, what house would I probably end up being in if I'm being honest with myself? What house do you guys think that would be? House Tully, you'd be a Tully. You think so? Yeah. Which one's the Tully's? The, the flower. 
No, no, no. No, I'm sorry. No. That's Martel. Yeah. No, that's not Martel. Martel's door. Yeah, uh, Tolly's are the... <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting mixed up. Ed <laughs> Tolly's is... So um, season eight, the guy who stands up and he's like, oh, I should the, be king. Yeah, the idiot. He's a Tolly. Yeah, yes, he's the Tolly. <laughs> uh, the river folk. Yes, yeah. it's where um, Catelyn Stark is originally. Catelyn, yeah. Catelyn's the black uh, Okay. her brother who is like the most famous Tolly. You ever. look like you would be a Stark though. You, oh, I yeah. You, you look yeah, like a bread and butter I, I am, Stark. I am right a, I am a Northerner. Yeah. So, so you said so. what we didn't want to be, but not, not, no, no. You said what we think we should be. We not should what we be want not to what be, we want. Like, but I would be a Stark because wolves. Oh, because wolves. Yeah. Is that what you think you would be? Uh, or? Uh, probably the the wood people. The wildlings? Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, they have uh, like iron wood. They were in the Telltale series. Okay. All right. So just one Are of they the... the main people from the the main house from the Telltale series. Yeah. Okay. They, they right. their family specializes in wood that's like as strong as iron. Yeah, they're kind of in that middle area of Game of Thrones, between the North and mm-hmm. obviously King's Landing. One of the one of the families that follows the Starks. They're yeah. they're under the Stark bannermen. Yep. For sure, that'd be really good. What about you? Will? I I don't. Maybe this is the name, the Greyjoys, basically, uh, people on the coast. Yeah. Like, I love... The Ironborn? Ironborn, yeah. I just love the ocean and ships, and that's probably where I... think I'd you be. absolutely... What is what is dead may never die. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's just what a will. What is dead may never die. Yeah, that's, that's just it, a will thing. <laughs> just, through, just through and through. Earn through iron, not through gold. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So if I was probably being honest with myself, like if I could pick what house I, I was a part of, it would be the Lannisters. So I always like when anyone asks you what house do you want to be a part of for like Harry <laughs> AJ Potter. AJ always pays his debts. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> Though what house you want to be on Harry Potter, I embrace the fact that I want to be a Slytherin. Like I would love to be a Slytherin. But in all honesty, if you're being objective, probably be a, a Gryffindor. But everyone wants to be a Gryffindor. No one wants to be a Ravenclaw. I don't want to but be it, a Gryffindor. Uh, but anyway, Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Yeah, see, yeah, see, I'm with you. I like those. So if I'm being honest, I pro, I like, I really think I would probably be. For some odd reason, I think I would be like a Targaryen. Like, I'd for some odd, yeah. like their family, the way they speak, their ideals, the fire and blood, like I'm all about it kind of a thing. I think I would end up probably being kind of a little bit of, not an outcast, but just not necessarily a part of the main lore. I don't think I could do the Lannister thing. But of course, both of them have incest, so I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying. But it was so totally I may cool have listed. back then, right? Yeah, yeah, it was totally okay in the 1400s. No, I'm just, <laughs> well, not for the Lannisters. Yeah. It was just totally okay. Oh yeah, it wasn't okay with the Lannisters. That was no, just a but, weird. Yeah, but it was, it was a, but the, the Targaryens with the, the pure yeah, yeah. blood, but I, I just, it's more not show the show Targaryen, because at that point, the Targaryens are two people. But more like what happens before Game of Thrones, like during Aegon's time. Like they get a bad rap with the Mad King, but before that, they had a very much a. They reminded me a little bit of the idea of when you think Lord of the Rings, like Aragorn and the elves. That's kind of how I view uh, the Targaryens. Mm-hmm. So there's your question of the week. You know, <laughs> what houses do you think you guys are a part of, kind of a thing? So let's just jump right in. John Wick, what'd you think, Andrew? I really enjoyed it. Uh, the action was incredible, uh, to the point where I just wanted to roll on the floor. That's where everything was. was <laughs> Why would you want to? I don't like, understand. Like just like, it was satisfying. Oh, I see. What just you're that saying. moment of like holding myself of glee uh, of glee as, I mean, straight out of the boat that fight scene with the book, 
Just against against Boban Movanovic, yeah. who is a Philadelphia 76er in the NBA. And it was so a, huge next to yeah. Keanu. And then uh, he's the, huge against next to NBA <laughs> players. Mm-hmm. Uh, the knife scene in the in the like mm-hmm. museum of weapons. Yeah, when they first the when he's first officially excommunicado. When he's yeah. putting together that gun, gun to just to shoot, shoot a dude. one person. <laughs> yeah, it was so, I <laughs> love that really, so much. Modding, really good. modding the gun. Yeah, I. Yeah. Are we trying to do no no spoilers right now for just, Andrew when he's saying, saying no spoilers? Uh, but once Andrew yeah. gives his general thoughts, we'll do okay. spoilers. Um, and then for me, what I loved about it is it was different than the second one. I would say the second one was more on par story wise, like it was better. Versus this took the action and went another level. Where the second one's action was crazy, great, and awesome, but by the end, it's kind of the same action throughout the whole movie. Whereas this one, it put John Wick in very different elements, and each action scene had its own way of fighting. Like the way he fought mm-hmm. was different with each setting, which really impressed me. Uh, even to the last scenes, which we will get into later. Um, well, let's let's just jump right in. Spoilers. Okay. With with talking about it, yeah. what what do you mean? Like the right in? the like samurai-ish kind of fight scene he had at the very with, end. At the very end, with the the Ninjas guys the... disappearing and reappearing. Yeah, the that that fam. They're not a family, but the the, the clanish kind. Yeah, of they're thing. clan. Yeah. It does introduce clans in this, like the mm-hmm. like you have the homeless clan, mm-hmm. you have the this ninja clan then the you Russian and then it shows clan. Yeah, yeah, yeah then it shows where john came from and how he was a part of that family which was very much based in russian sambo mm-hmm. which is a russian wrestling style and you see that in mm-hmm. his fighting technique and yeah. where he comes from also and, with the tattoos and, and i just loved uh that fight scene where the especially with the two guys of just they wanted a good fight they didn't yeah. care about killing him um they just wanted a really good fight and it had the like get get on up let's fight each other and then even to the point where he doesn't kill them uh he does the beats be seeing you it's like he shows that same respect of i'm not going to just kill you i was so happy when he didn't kill them yeah. I was like that because of the fact that they were just so giddy to just <laughs> just fight, to fight him. him yeah, yeah. it would have been a bummer to have you them see die just how worn out john wick is with that last fight of peak john wick would have been fine um, but just after all the events he's yeah, been through, yeah. And then he just fought two of the guy's strongest dudes, and he's finally up there, and he gets his butt handed to him at the very beginning of the fight. But then he, in John Wick, the beauty of John Wick is he adapts to the situation, um, and that's the whole thing with the pencil. Like he can kill people with a pencil just because he adapts. He tries to figure out, and he finds a way to get through. And then you get that at the he starts using the guy's techniques against him. Um, yeah once, he, yeah, once yeah, once yeah, once he figures it out, he's got yeah. you. Like the, if you're gonna beat John, you're gonna beat him right away. Yeah. That's your best bet. But if you let the fight go on, John's gonna figure it out yeah. and you're in your dunzo kind of a thing. So I'm happy we waited a little bit to this episode because at first I was disappointed with the movie, but mm-hmm. the more I sat on it and I thought about it, I was like, you know what, I really liked it because it wasn't more of 
necessarily the same from the second one. So the first movie kind of set the standard for the universe and introducing who John Wick was on a mm-hmm. smaller level. And then the second movie did a really good job. Like you said, it didn't nec- it did step the action up, but it didn't like take it to a whole nother mm-hmm. level. What it did is it took the story and the world to another yes. level, yeah. introducing the idea of the continental and the rules and ev- and then like having a mark or people that you responded to and introducing like little tidbits that you're just like man i wonder what this means and this movie still kind of took a minor step up in the story but a major step up in the action of like you guys thought like we like we couldn't you know outdo ourselves the evil knievel like you thought the grand canyon was cool or you thought monster trunks were cool, but just wait until i do what i do next 14 buses. and that and that's exactly what john wick 3 did with the action and at first when i came out of john wick 3 i was a little disappointed they didn't do that more with the world because at first obviously right before we went and saw the movie they came out and they're just like hey there's gonna be a fourth one and mm-hmm. that like finding out literally like 10 minutes before i went and saw the third one i didn't i didn't know that going yeah see that was the thing i found out like 10 minutes before going then i was like oh man i was a little bummed because i i thought the third was going to be the final movie so i was like i was waiting for answers about the world to come out but all this movie did was create more questions which is fine in hindsight because it did answer one thing which was like my biggest bummer which was that middle part where he goes into the desert and you find out like the high guy of the table is like this thirty something dude in the desert. I'm assuming I'm assuming like he's a part lame. of a, a specific family. It just seemed very. I agree. Lame. I I Pedro thought that Marcello was the most like thirty something. He's like forty something. Okay. 40 no, but a young. But the but idea that guy, they have yeah. well, even the the main guy from the Continental is like I've been serving the table for forty years yeah. or thirty years, and it's like that's how old the main dude, the guy who's above the high table. That's how old he is. Mm-hmm. So again, it, it draws me back where you didn't see like when he goes to Casablanca. Like um, Braun, who's in this, who I do, oh, yeah. I don't I, think his character sucked. I hated his character with the fiery passion of. I didn't mind him, sons. but I think it's. Uh, I wish they had brought in a Game of Thrones character for the second one. Oh, yeah, because they have uh, Theon in the first one. Theon yeah, the first. Theon in the first one. Yeah, so, but the idea that he talks about where the word assassin came from, and it has a, a Middle Eastern descent, and that the idea of that the family kind of started, or the idea of. The high table started in the Middle East, and that, of course, the person above the high table has that Middle Eastern descent, and it's probably a bloodlines thing. Like, he's probably Mm. the great-great-grandson of whoever started the high table, and that's the reason why he sits there. And we do see the family connections before, like in John Wick 2, the whole point of it. It's all based around the family. The guy is trying to get his sister killed because his father died, and he should be the one to take the next seat at the the high table. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point of that movie, and you can see that family bloodlines matter kind of in that old um like medieval type of thing like your son is going to be the next king and his son is going to be so on and so forth so i felt that's the reason why i talked myself into that's why he's young but i agree mm. with you i expected to that, be that some whole old scene wise was, i felt it blame part of the whole movie i i thought it was weird because as soon as he pledged himself back to the high table the high table he immediately switches like five minutes later. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like, and he's still fighting everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, what about you, Will? Is there anything else you want to input about the movie? Um, yeah, you know, I'm also glad we had some time to just kind of let it sit because originally I was just really bummed out on uh, Halle Berry, her performance in the movie because I thought her acting was just really over the top. She didn't seem like someone who was a successful 
trained killer. She was overly emotional and like super mad at John for like kind of, I don't know, just almost seemed like overly angry. Instead of grateful. Uh, Yeah. Like I, I have to fulfill this commitment, but I really hate you. But like, why? I, I don't know. And it just seemed like the reason wasn't big enough to really merit the amount of emotion she uh, because everyone who helps him dies. Yeah, well, but even so, but even but heaven. even to the point of like when they show up. But to, still, you're living in a world of death. Like she's yeah. used to this. Yeah, I agree. But the other thing is, it's her fault that they have the shootout. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. and even John asks, like John, like John gets that he's asking her a tough ask of walking into her boss's area with the possibility of something bad may happen. But she's the one who initiates the bad. He even says, "Please don't, like don't do this." You right. I'm and, and I'm just saying people in that situation don't typically respond overly emotional. They accept what needs to be done and they go and do the job. And she just kind of acted like this. Yeah, she was different person. than most of the other characters um, within the universe. Having and I think during the movie, I was like scared. I'm like, is Halle Berry ruining John Wick three? Like oh, this, like through this process. And then she went away and it was back to great john wick it felt like a john wick movie but from the time she enters the movie to the time she leaves it just didn't feel like a john wick movie to me but that was also part of the casablanca you know uh middle eastern kind of thing that just it just felt like more of a typical action movie and not a john wick movie yeah john wick being in new york i agree with you like john wick feels like john wick when it's more in that suburban yeah a city city, yeah like some sort of city area it was but or Italy. Uh, also, yeah, but, but he was in Italy. Yeah. He was in like a main uh, yeah. major city. Like there's the subway scene or the fighting in the middle of the city scene from John Wick Two. But yes, this being out in the middle of a desert and area. But also kind of considering, you know, like why would they choose Holly Berry? I, I kind of realize that is a John Wick theme to choose someone unsuspecting. Like they put mm-hmm. Common as you know one of the henchmen in uh, in John Wick Two, and I thought he did a fantastic. Yeah, job. Common was awesome. And, and, you know, bringing in, uh, is it Goron, uh, the Goban, the basketball player? Boban. Yeah, Boban. 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 Yeah. And it's just kind of things like that that are like super fun. And um, yeah. so it is kind of consistent with the John Wick theme. I just The king thought, of the homeless people. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence oh, Fishburne. yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, I love Lawrence Fishburne. But, Who's um, awesome in this. He he's really is. great in everything he's in. But overall, I just think he probably could have done better than than Halle Berry or she could have played the part better I think but I agree I couldn't help that feel that this would have been better granted she's not as old as Halle Berry or maybe you couldn't buy her in that position but this felt like a Zoe Saldanda role for me yeah death proof no Gamora Gamora. Gamora. she plays Gamora Gamora. and oh Gamora yeah that would have been well we've already seen her have the action prowess for it but she does have that if you're still trying to stick with the character being reluctant to help John Wick kind of feeling like I'm not like we've seen Zoe Zandana do that with Chris Pratt within Mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy but I buy her a little bit more wasn't she in a movie like this Uh, are you talking about the losers no Uh, she was in the losers she was like an assassin hit yeah, I never watched well, in, it, but I know what you're talking about. In the trailer, it has uh, Cody, and I always make fun of it. In the trailer, the guy's like, never forget where he came from. Just like over and over oh, and over funny. and over again. I do enjoy uh, her dogs, though, in the battle. Yes, yes. true. And that was yeah, the point. Yeah. That was the point. It was like, it's not so much the character of Halle Berry that was the, it was them going like, 
okay, let's do a new action scene where we include these attack dogs. And that was yeah. what was really and cool. The about way it. they filmed that was fantastic. Yeah, so it good. was really, yeah, it was really, really well done. I, I love attack dogs. So having that so to, in there was great. So to finish, what do you guys kind of just quick, what do you guys hope to see in John Wick 4? What are you kind of expecting? Will, what do you kind of expect out of John Wick 4? Um, I I kind of hope they conclude the series with that. I think that they've done something incredible by doing three really good movies, which normally by the third one, it, you know, most series kind of fall off. Yeah, they've just kind of run out of ideas, and somehow, like you said, they keep outdoing themselves. And may like, I? May I suggest? Head, you know, may I suggest Fast and the Furious? <laughs> no, no, you may not. No, never. We'll talk about that. I'm totally joking. But no, I yes, as it, that it, is an example it feels of every like, movie, they have to outdo themselves. It feels like they've had a plan from the beginning of where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. So I, I. And predicting, and I hope that there's kind of more of a conclusion of the story of the John Wick and that he finally gets to retire or or he takes down the table. Yeah, which that's what the end of this movie kind of sets up the idea of that. So do you guys think Ian McShane's character purposely did that to Connor Reeves? Like in a bad way? Or do you think he was doing that to help? Lawrence Fishperson, Fishperson, Fishburne's character said, like, I would have done that too, just to save myself and... Now they can team up. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame him. But do you think he did that? Like, do you think he actually meant to kill Keanu Reeves? No, or I, I know. Do you I think, think he absolutely he knew he would survive, and it was the perfect setup to give him cover with with the table. Right after Lance Reddick was like, "Good shot." It's like because he knew he didn't kill him. Yeah, or he shot like him that. at a specific point on the Continental, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if he like knew that the way he fell, he wouldn't die out right yeah. but that was interesting what about you ben what do you hope from john wick war uh, like i said that they it's like a big team up at the, to take down the high table and then that it's finishes big. there yep andrew um yeah i think that's in the same boat of this one was he had to fend off everyone who was coming after him with the excommunicado and the next one will be him and this one was kind of a build-up of yeah. everybody that's pissing off the high tables yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now true. there is war, yeah, which yeah. they even taught where even the name John Wick Three Parabellum is. Yep. It means bring, war, which I war. thought was a really cool scene where Ian McShane is sitting in the mm-hmm. the what's the word the, the safe vault? Room. Yeah, the yeah. safe room. Which <laughs> yeah, the safe <laughs> room. The, uh, where it's literally a safe, and he's like Parabellum. Yeah. And it's just to war. Um, where this is what that is setting up is this war that Man, is now that, being drawn in between the high table and everyone that has been wronged by the high table. That scene was incredible as well. The continental yeah, shootout. I, having to shoot them so they're down. Um, and then and go then for their neck. Fight <laughs> and then shoot them down again and then fight and then get over to them to shoot them behind the neck. Which yeah. I want to give a quick shout out before I get what I hope from John Wick 4 is that first scene where they show up in the continental and John is pinned down. The, the sound and the music in the movie is really good, but the sound in that particular scene right there, the bullets hitting over his head and whizzing by, like we talked oh, about yeah. that when we came out, mm-hmm. we're just like, man, that was like, I felt like I was right next yeah. to John. Like, I was like, oh man, I got to keep my head down. Like kind of freaking out. Yeah, like Definitely that. the Dolby Atmos came into play. Yeah, yeah. it was really yeah, well done. I watched it in Battleground. Oh, oh yeah. Which is a nice theater, but yeah. not Dolby Atmos. Absolutely. So I agree with you guys. However, the director has already come out and said that he is going to make as many John Wicks yeah. as they allow him. So that does worry me a little bit about 
where do we go? Also, there was the idea, rumors there for a little while, that there's supposed to be a John Wick TV series. That's not a rumor. That's actually happening. Yeah. Like, but now, but the thing is, if they keep... The reason why I was okay with that is because I thought John Wick was going to end at the third one mm-hmm. and then continue on the story or do a prequel. Continental? Yeah, yeah the continental it's idea. It's not following John Wick, though. Well, oh, he is he I is a part of that. it, though. Yeah. The, it is what happened. I think it's a prequel. Is yes, it? it's yeah. a prequel. It's what happened before John Wick got out. Yeah. Where you would talk about the impossible task and like give it's, little tidbits and everything. Just like there. a better call Saul. Yeah, like a better call yeah. saw, which is actually which a really good TV show. Fantastic, it's, it's yeah. really good. So I agree with you guys. I I hope they just just do more. Mm-hmm. And now we've seen three movies that you're just like, okay, the fourth one is probably going to be really really good. So I agree with you guys. All right, the the talk that may end the episode. <laughs> if the, if is, so uh, just real quick, non spoilers. What did you guys think of Godzilla King of Monsters, Andrew? Uh popcorn flick that did exactly what i thought it was going to do so i enjoyed my time what about you will i'm oh, not will sorry ben <laughs> i was looking at ben but no one knows that <laughs> uh the best godzilla movie that you've ever seen yeah so before will gives us i do want to kind of two-part it where i agree with you guys it's a popcorn film i liked it a little bit more than kong skull island but it has the same critiques and problems that yes. I had with Skull yeah. Island, just slightly not as bad. But I do want to say, I talked to our mutual friend Lance before, and he's the biggest Godzilla fan I know. And he came out and he's like, that's exactly what I wanted out of a Godzilla movie. I kind of, I have small, minor uh, nitpicks about it, and we can jump into that when we talk spoilers. Well, he loved it. But he was like, yes, mm-hmm. I love this movie. That's, and and if, if it's a two, movie... Two people that are huge Godzilla, Godzilla fans, fans that like it. This is how Godzilla movies are. Yeah. Big monster battles with very dumb human interaction yeah absolutely all right will go ahead buddy uh so i was trying to think of a worse movie that i've seen and just nothing came to mind when (laughs) (laughs) when i was watching this movie um i'll i'll try to summarize it easily like when you say you know you talk about Hobbs and Shaw how you want to see it because it shows you exactly what it is I would take it a step further and say it knows what it is and it doesn't try to be anything different agreed and to me it's just like I feel like Godzilla is a monster movie why do I have to watch horrible dialogues with half-assed stories for 45 minutes (laughs) but I don't want to I don't I don't care about the alcoholic father <laughs> and his daughter. And mm-hmm. you're like, watching a Godzilla. Why? Godzilla why fair. aren't the governments like coordinating? Why did they like when they go at the very beginning? Yeah. Like she brings her daughter into this classified area and she's just running around. And like, why would they not stop her? And then like, oh, there's these guys with these like lightning guns ready to shoot this thing if something goes awry. And I'm like, what? Why wouldn't you just like make a machine that does it so you don't have to put humans in the cage with the thing and then, oh, what? And it goes awry and then he shoots it and it does nothing. Like you knew this was going to happen. And then she takes this sound box, runs it out there and you rub it in a circle in the right way and it soothes the Mothra. And it's just this big janky box, mind you, which was fixed by soldering it in the rain <laughs> later in the movie. You can't solder something in the rain without it, its electricity. <laughs> so, so let's get in. Let's go. Let's go spoiler territory here. Where my counter to that, 
is that we're talking about a movie that is following a giant lizard fighting an alien from outer space. I'm okay with forgiving. I agree with you. There's certain things in movies that if they continued, like you said, there was a lot in this movie. You're like, okay, I got to forgive that. Okay, I got to forgive that. Okay, I got to forgive that. Where it reaches a certain point, depending on the movie you're watching, you're just like, you know what? Enough. Like, you guys keep making these mistakes, and I get it's a Godzilla movie, but it you were using a poor ex machina to just get me to a point that it just yeah. doesn't make sense that we, we get there. And, and I, I kind of see where give, you're coming like, from. Every person in the room had to have a line. They like had to say something, no matter if it was important or not. They're just like, look. Like everyone had to have something to say. And it was like, this is pointless. Um, I just uh, imagine like a Godzilla movie in the form of Cloverfield. Like, wouldn't that, something that's a little more natural progressive like people discovering holy crap the that world was, is actually at threat did you see the you know? 2014 godzilla movie uh no okay that's what that one is more okay like. yeah i i just i do think you would like the 2014 a little bit more but i don't necessarily think if he saw the 2014 he would like this movie that much more. no i don't think yeah, that i still that. think you would but feel this, the same way you feel like very very godzilla and the the other thing is even when I was watching the monster scenes, I felt like they zoomed in too much. Like it felt uncomfortable to me. I wanted to see the whole monster so I could get a feel for what was going on. And I constantly felt like I was too close. They were trying to kind of make like make it feel as though they were massive, but I couldn't like have the satisfaction of actually seeing the monsters and really being I think able to comprehend two, what was going two on. Two reasons for that. CGI is hard to look good. Yeah. And um, even with a 300 person team. <laughs> yep. Even with that. Yeah. That name that, that yeah, went on for yeah. about 16 minutes when it showed yeah. the special effects. And when, when you saw uh, Godzilla fights back in the day when they were zoomed out, silly. it was incredibly it silly. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. And I, I kind of sit in this middle zone of where Lance and Ben and kind of where you sit, where. I agree with you where I even write, I wrote in my notes that my biggest problem with the movie is that the monster fight scenes seem like they're from the human perspective, not from the monster perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're zooming on the humans and the monsters are fighting in the background. They do cut back at times. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. some of the coolest scenes or uh, uh, shots in this movie, like at the very end when they're fighting in Boston, like when Godzilla runs at King Ghidorah and they clash together, like that's so cool. And, and the Mothra even, and Rodan fight. Yeah, the Mothra fun. and Rodan fight. But there's even like there, there are moments where... Like, I agree with you. Like, when they do sit out and they pull back and they show, like, literally, like, you can show perspective of, like, Godzilla's huge. He's running past tall buildings. Like, he's a monster. You don't have to zoom in on a human and go, a human's six foot tall. They're not even the size of his big toe. I know Godzilla's big. So, I agree with you on that extent. The other thing is that after talking with Lance, because he's a huge Godzilla fan, is that some of the weird moments within the movie. I realize I didn't get because I'm not a big Godzilla fan. Mm-hmm. I've seen four or five Godzilla movies. Like the, I, the, like one the time. twins with Mothra. Yes, he brought up the twins. Like he, like Lance was like in almost every Godzilla movie that Mothra's in, 
twins, like these two twin Asian scientists are always associated with like the worship or the studying of Mothra. Mm -hmm. And Andrew had, and I had that talk after the movie of like, man, that was really weird (laughs) when they like showed the twins and they were trying to make like this weird review. It was a nod to all the Godzilla fans. Yeah, exactly. It was a nod and it was like, okay, when you don't see the nod. They're the descendants of... Uh, of the other so, previous. Yep. So the interesting thing about this is when you were bringing up the Hobbs and Shaw of it knows exactly what it is. I actually do think this movie knows exactly what it is. It's just not something we know it is. Yeah. And so that, the people, that could very well be. The people who love Godzilla, grew up on Godzilla, they saw this movie and was like, this is like being a kid again watching mm-hmm. Godzilla that's, movies. That's exactly how I felt. I felt yeah. like I was transform- transferred back to when I was watching I'm the just old, like, old ones. To the point where even the, the theme song that was happening at the very end, and I was talking to you, I was like, I love this song. And you're like, this song. I was like, this is the OG Godzilla theme. Uh, and when he first shows up and that theme goes off, I was like, yes. Just because it showed me how much they actually do respect the resource material. Sure. And they were trying to make this movie based off of the source material. Where the main criticism of the 2014 Godzilla was that it had snippets of that, but it it didn't go into the Godzilla craziness and weirdness and zany and dumbness. Like they try to actually make more character, like make uh, give character moments to the human characters. Yeah. Um, in the 2014 Which one, I didn't care about any of the humans. Yeah. Oh no, I was just like even the like the the thing that baffled me is like all of them are really good actors. Yeah. They just, it was like... That, uh, the main guy with his whispering voice that <laughs> used in the airplanes all the time. It's like, why are you talking like that? Yeah. yeah. I, I felt like it was a bunch of actors that were handed a bit, like a really bad script and were trying to make the most out of every line they had. Like, if they were to be serious, they were like super serious. And if they were funny, they were like trying to really so get it out. the guy who played that actor said he marathoned all 30 godzilla movies oh really uh, wait which which one the, the, the father the gary chandler yeah yeah uh, he did that to prep for his role for this movie okay so, like he took the spirit of those movies and tried to put himself into it so so, so think, to be fair I think charles dance's character was probably the best because he was, was just the most the normal. consistent yeah <laughs> which one is he he's the, the, uh, the tywin tywin, tywin Lannister. Lannister. he's the oh, yeah, leader yeah, of the yeah. eco he was he was the one that's like this is what we're doing Oh, it's not going the way you wanted? Yeah. Yeah, stick to the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The plan. you came to me kind of thing. So to be fair, to defend Will just a little bit is that I understand that they're making callbacks. But when you're making a new Godzilla movie, I and I know it's tough. Like if the options are make a movie everyone hates, make a movie only Godzilla fans will love, or make a movie that is both friendly to old fans and new fans, or make a movie that is only there for new fans and doesn't pay attention to where it came from if you can fall into either the make the movie that gives credit to where it came from or make a movie that is both good for both people that's kind of what you're aiming for and where i agree where this movie does a really good job of doing odes that you got to remember that you have wills you have me's you have anthony's out there that have never this may be their first godzilla maybe they didn't see 2014 and i thought this movie did a good job of uh carrying on the story from the 2014 yeah. but being able to watch this movie without seeing the 2014 one as will did but at the same time i agree with you acknowledging what the movie is but also realizing that you have brand new people coming to watch it and maybe they don't understand and 
it's a tough ask. It's just, I'm, it's I'm, I'm asking you to do something. Before. Yeah, exactly. And, and I accept, like, I'll admit, I'm not a Godzilla fan. I just, yeah. uh, I've seen the characters. I like the monster designs. I think that stuff's really cool, which is why I was kind of disappointed because I saw so much potential in what it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I fully respect, you know, Ben and Lance being Godzilla fans and loving what they found, you know, what they had. And this was phenomenally a better movie than Toho's last Godzilla movie because that was atrocious. Which one was his last? The evolution kind of one where, like, Godzilla, uh, what was the name of it? Something. The animated one that came out on Netflix? Oh, okay. It was, he would, like, constantly evolve. Yeah, he starts out like a tadpole and. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, what do you guys hope? to see in the next one because clearly they set up the at the end there's the after credit scene where you see Tywin Lannister's character I really hope that uh they turn out to be aliens oh the people Tywin mm-hmm. Tywin's character because which... it was it was cockroaches that brought uh Ghidorah in the first one <laughs> yeah which would be silly but like more human aliens kind of like things so I after talking to Lance with it where he brought up a movie that I would be really excited for is that obviously this next one is Kong versus Godzilla. Kong versus Godzilla. They, they beat you over the head with it yeah. during this. They show Kong like four different times. And then at the very end credits, they, oh, what's going on at Skull Island? And so, but we already knew this was announced well Before, in advance after Skull yeah, Island, yeah. where uh, Kong Skull Island, like clearly we are now coming to a Kong versus Godzilla movie where Lance brought up one where I thought would be really good is that Tywin Lannister's. Um, what's his what's the actor's actual name charles dance yeah charles dance his character uses the technology from king gadir's head to build metal uh mecha gadira mm-hmm. and then where mm-hmm. the first part of the movie is it's kong versus godzilla but then uh king Ghidorah comes back at the mecha version and they have to team up to fight king mm-hmm. Ghidorah. i'm like i'm like okay that sounds really cool i would yeah. be who's really the, excited to watch that who's the like uh, not stegosaurus but the Ang- Angle, Angle, yeah, Anglomarn, yeah, or something like that. He's yeah, he's Godzilla's like best friend. Best friend, yeah. <laughs> he's, like a, he's like a turtle. Godzilla has a thing. son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Godzilla, yeah. the son, son of Godzilla. Godzilla. Son of Godzilla. It looks that hideous. Make any sense. And it does like little <laughs> O rings. When it's it weird that they tried to make like Godzilla like a good guy. Well, Godzilla like kind of. So Godzilla, Godzilla has always been on that fence where he's kind of he's kind not like not necessarily Venom, but he is a little bit of an anti-hero. Kind of does what he wants. But you have seen movies where he is both the destroyer and the, the first, protector. In the first one, God, I think it's uh, King of King of the Monsters, the original one. Uh, he was a villain, but that's like really the only one he yeah. has been. Okay, question. Did, yeah. What in the world was with the freaking nuke? Did they wake him up? So with that's the nuke? A, Did they energize him with the so energized two, him? So two okay. things that I do want to point it out: just absorbs yeah radiation with, with okay. both bombs. Is that Lance was like, I was so happy when the oxygen killer happened. Lance is like, I'm so happy they brought that in because that's from an old Godzilla movie. There was an oxygen killer bomb, and that's how they killed Godzilla. Like old that like that was an ode. To past movies of like that's how Godzilla has died before, but I agree with you. It's just your steroids. Essentially, what it was okay. is like he feeds off radiation, and they they kind of beat you over the head with that in the movie of like oh so much radiation, so much radiation, and they do that in the first one as well. They talk about in the very beginning of this where the whole point, the mom who's the worst character in the movie, I mm-hmm. think personally, um, where she talks about like all the areas where these kaiju. These monsters, the Titans, mm-hmm. have been, have now, because of the radiation left over, have, has exponentially caused growth of 
like farmlands and forests and trees that wasn't there before. Like Chernobyl and that's kind of exactly. yeah, exactly. It's it's caused by the radiation. So the idea of they're taking this nuclear bomb that has a bunch of radiation and just supercharging Godzilla, by, like kind of like yeah. hit him hit him with the. So they oh, the they, like actually, they, they actually expanded on the, that in the first, and it's why they use the oxygen bomb instead of the nuke uh, to kill Godzilla. Um, in the 2014 one, uh, they actually. We're going to have them in San Francisco, Godzilla and the the main monsters and that. And then they were going to shoot a nuke at San Francisco, like evacuate everyone, shoot a nuke. It would kill both of them. Uh, and then you find out that they feed off of radiation. radiation. And so that wouldn't work. And mm. But it, it was too it, late. They already shot the nuke. It took the nuke and was using it yeah. as like a... Uh, uh, to grow its babies yeah so it was mm. like feeding off of that and so <laughs> that was that's... great it's like here's uh titan's mating hopefully it's the one with the blur <laughs> or... <laughs> yeah yeah, one, yeah. Or his can... character is really good so he was one of my favorite characters, characters i actually did enjoy were the two comedic relief characters his yeah. character and the guy from cabin in the woods the gray-haired doctor yeah. dude Peralta's I re- dad. yeah, yeah. yeah. i record dad. everything i record everything he i love that actor. because he was fantastic his character was consistent like it was just he's always, always yeah. he's always yeah. such a weird character i just saw uh i watched a unicorn store store the, uh, the, 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 the Brie Larson movie direct. it was it was really good like a good coming of age movie and uh he played her dad He's always yeah. such. Well, an he's odd also character. the father in Us. Yep. Yeah. So I agree with you. He does, and then in Cabin in the Woods, which is on my list of, it's been too long since I've seen Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. We got to watch it again. again. Yeah, it's it's really good. I agree. Also, uh, the Asian actor. Why am I forgetting his Ken name? Watanabe? Right? Yeah, oh, Ken Watanabe. Yeah, Ken Watanabe. He's, he's he is far. That was the thing that's weird about it is that I thought he did a good job of making you buy into the cheesiness in the movie, but also like I felt he was consistent as well, where you're just like. He like his yeah. love for Godzilla. You're just like I really, really love this. So character. I do like him. He's I, the one in the first one. See, uh, that was the other thing I had the attachment yeah. from the first one. In the okay. first one, Godzilla. He's the one that's like, hey guys, Godzilla's the coolest. Uh, you know, <laughs> let's go after Godzilla. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? He is a giant monster. Yeah. We have to kill him. He's like, he, he no, has like he has no. like he like I feel like <laughs> underneath his clothes he has a white shirt that says, says Godzilla's I, number one yeah. fan. Or like I heart Godzilla. Yeah, like, like this guy. He, yeah, this guy has a hard on for thought Godzilla. It was hilarious how they had a total like Armageddon scene, you know, where he has to deliver the bomb yeah. and <laughs> give himself. But then they try to do it a second time in the same movie with with the mom i don't know if she i don't think she died but no she's died oh did she well, yeah. well godzilla starts emolting yeah like yeah i hope she i was so mad i said this to andrew she's not gonna run into a ditch like arnold I, with the yeah. predator i was so mad that they didn't kill her on screen i wanted king Ghidorah to fry her ass <laughs> like i'm sorry but i hated that that character it was so weird where like i get like oh, like they try to do the twist like you're the one who paid me to do this well then why did you kill like if i was her you have the box you know what I'm saying? Oh, that magical, wonderful box. Well, I get it. Like, they were trying to work off sonar, and these are animals. I, I was like, all right, whatever. Hold on. I got to rub it the right yeah, way. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I feel you. But but the idea of that, she could have done all that with all those people dying. They didn't, like, she didn't have to make it look. Yeah, she had them come in and kill Monarch. That yeah. was the weirdest yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, she yeah. could have, like, saved Mothra and be like, all right, guys, good job today, and then left with the box and then, like, left was and just mo- met up with. Her daughter was like, you're a monster. No, no, no. No, no, no. The very beginning when they break in and they shoot all the scientists and it seems like they oh, captured yeah. her, but then you come... And then there's the weird thing when they're in Antarctica where... 
um, Millie Brown's character like is trying to walk to her father, and she's like, "Madison, come back here!" Oh, and yeah. then she's the one who detonates the wall, and you're just like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> and then she calls him, and she's like, "Well, you guys ruined everything. Humanity sucks, and I'm just trying to save everyone." It's like, "Wow, what the hell happened? Who are you?" Can you get like the Charles Dance character. Yeah, back? like, like yeah, yeah, what's what's yeah. going on here? It's like, okay, I yeah, I did not like her character. I wanted her to fry. I needed to see like her be burnt to a crisp i agree i, I, need I love it. millie joe like despite this movie she's fantastic no no yeah, like i was fu- yeah. her as an actress yeah. that's not it. oh you're talking about the daughter the daughter yeah, 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 yeah millie yeah. brown, no, millie brown. I, I i love vera from america like i'm i'm was disappointed in her character yeah the millie brown's character no 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 oh, vera the, from yes. yeah, yeah she's a great actress and this was oh out of all of the characters i felt like all the all the actors were doing what you're saying earlier like they're trying to bring something extra that probably wasn't needed to their characters. Hers was the one that I'm like, I just don't get that from your your character and your acting of this character is just like, can you get off screen? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that was I, every I person. Yeah, and for you. Every, for well, you. actually, uh, Charles Stance was okay. Yeah. But uh, I do, however, think that even if you are, you've never seen a Godzilla movie before, or maybe you're a little worried that you're in the same boat as Will, you should go see this in the theater just because of the spectacle. And the score. Mm-hmm. Yes. The music oh, yeah. in this movie is... I'm not going to agree with that. I just... I can't... I literally... I rode with you guys and I considered walking home. Like, <laughs> I fell asleep. I was like, okay, I can wait until the monsters get here. I woke up and I was like, gosh, that was a bad decision. I yeah. should have just gone you just, Yeah, you should have just like that. All right, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to do Game of Thrones. Welcome back. The time has come. Winter is coming. Game of Thrones is coming. Game of Thrones season oh, it came eight. And went. Yeah, it came in. Yeah, it's, it is over now. So let's just write into it. What was your guys' overall opinion and thoughts on season eight, Andrew? Worst season of Game of Thrones. Why? Why? Spoil. Hey, by the way, spoilers are off. Okay. Like if we're like, uh, well, I don't know how you talk about season eight of a TV series without getting a spoiler. Yeah. So spoilers are here. If you don't watch Game of Thrones, let's kick the uh, can apologize. for two episodes. Then in the third episode, the whole th- thing that you've been waiting for uh, just kind of ends, and then we're going to try to f- do other stuff for the next three episodes, and that uh, that's it. Okay. What about that is how I felt? <laughs> yeah. What, what about you, Ben? Just thought it was okay, eight. but I agree with Andrew that I felt that was stupid to build up this great evil and then just kill yeah, him the off Night with no fanfare. With little no fanfare. Okay. Will? I really liked the conclusion to everything. I feel like everything that happened was very true to the people's characters, which was kind of the most important part to me in in the whole show was just how real everybody uh, reacts to different situations and I think the way that the story ended was the way it probably should have it makes sense to me however how they got there the pacing was off and every gripe that Andrew uh, you know told me it was like yep that's a- a- absolutely <laughs> perfect like I did feel like the Night King was like died really easily and I guess that's kind of the point all it takes is that one pierce you know to to do it but it was just kind of like I, I don't know. They it really was like two episodes. You build up for what seven seasons, and mm-hmm. then in two episodes, like the entire thread of the world is gone. 
Yeah. And it just we, felt kind of anticlimactic to me. We were talking with our uh, roommate earlier. It's like uh, Sauron being killed off in two towers and it just keeps going to Return of the King. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're fighting the fighting is, over who's who going to be king. So I actually think that that goes very in, well into how, what I think of season eight. Season eight, it's six episodes. Season eight should have been three seasons long. We should have had a season eight, a season nine, and a season ten. Season eight should have been focused on the Night King. Like we have a full season where it's the build up to the Night King, and the final episode of that season is the Night King finally being vanquished. Where you do so. feel like you have a little bit of payoff. Season nine would be the sacking of King's Landing, building up to Danny making the switch, Cersei and Jamie dying. That's the season of season nine. And then they have a season ten where it's all the fallout, where you get Danny killed somewhere in season ten, but there is like her reign, what's going on. Because here's when you the reason why I bring it up is because in Lord of the Rings, George R. R. Martin, obviously the author of the Song of Fire and Ice series, which this is based off of, has been quoted as oh, saying... Oh, you mean that book that they uh, dropped down on the table? Yeah. <laughs> the book, the book <laughs> wow. Uh, which, don't even start on that, but he has been quoted as that the idea of Game of Thrones is w- what if Lord of the Rings happened, but we go deeper in, into as in what was Aragorn's tax plan? Like, that's him quoting of, like, mm. that's what Game of Thrones is, is what is Aragorn's tax plan? And that is what we have seen for six seasons, or right. for seven, well, six seasons yeah. with a seven-ish of that we get, there is a drawn out, but in a good way, um, payoff events. A, an example that was brought up to me is Mance Raider. Like, when he has the meeting with Jon Snow that he says, I'm going to build the biggest fire the world has ever seen. Mm-hmm. We don't get that payoff for a season and a half. Mm-hmm. With Danny, we see Danny switch, and we see Danny in two scenes, two scenes before, and that one of those scenes is her dying. That's all we yeah. get. We don't get a true payoff of, and I agree with you where it's not necessarily what happened in season eight that I had a problem with. It's how we like, got there. Yes, yeah. it's how we got there and the pacing of it. Like if you talk about season eight, like hey, you guys remember Arya killing the Night King? Yeah, that was really cool. Hey, you remember? Jamie and Brienne hooking up. That was awesome. And then him going back. That was heartbreaking. Like, people should be talking about Jamie leaving Brienne to go back to Cersei, not on the Red Wedding level, but up there. Like, man, that ripped us apart and hurt so bad because we have this huge arc of Jamie redemption. And then he finally hits the pinnacle of it. But really, at the end of the day, that drawback to Cersei was, that's always been It was the same there. night. It was the same episode. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, again, the, it's the pacing. Or how, well, I agree with you. Like, Bran being king, that's my biggest gripe. But even Bran being king, Sasa, Sansa, Sansa ending where she was, Arya ending where she was, and Jon ending where he was. Not necessarily, I don't have problems with all those. It's just kind of how we got there that yeah. really, really hurt. And I... Like you said, having it in three seasons, I think you only see Danny's uh, tyrannical tendencies in her destruction of of the city, as well as like maybe two sentences that show what kind of ruler she was. You don't actually get to see how her ideas yeah. and her motives play out, and I think that that's something that we would have helped people kind of understand why she needed to die yeah Mm -hmm. and that's and that was the problem with this season is that there was a lot of oh you know two weeks later 
or like you guys have seen the previous seasons, right? You kind of yeah. know what was going on. <laughs> you can imagine it. We're just not going to film that. We're just going to get to the big parts. It was kind of like a, what's his name from Ant Man, Luis. Yes. Like it's kind of like Luis told the story would... of Game of Thrones okay. in season eight. He's like, and then, uh, <laughs> and then Danny switched and she killed everyone. And she came back. She's like, oh, we're going to take over the world. And then, bam, John stabs her. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like Luis talking about yeah. uh, Ant Man. He's you know, talking the about Game of Thrones. And then that little girl comes up and stabs. He him. just comes out oh, and oh, damn. Bam! Night King Kong. Yeah. Like that's kind of what season eight kind of felt like. Was that it was like and this is something we were talking about with the Night King is uh, Martin put so much work. I don't know in the books, but the or, the Night King I'll, is in the yeah, Night King isn't a very, threat in okay. the book. He's the Night King is actually before the events of the book. He's okay. an old. Uh, the Night's Watch leader who... So then I will actually say the showrunners, because yes. they're the ones that built this. They built a lore behind the Night King with the symbols and everything and like what he can do, who he is, who are the first children, mm-hmm. all of this. And then they were building a brand with the, the warging, with the crows, and like he knows different stuff. The Three-Eye Raven. And it's just like, this is insane. This is going to be crazy. And then it's gone. And it's the same feeling, and I know we only got him for one movie, but it's the same feeling I had with Snoke. Of just like, cool, we have this all-powerful character that we get hints at, and it's going to be really cool to explore. Oh, and he's dead, and we're not going to deal with any of this anymore. Yeah. yeah. Not, not to mention, like, everything with Bran, you don't, you still don't understand anything that he does or can do or why he had that connection. Like, yeah, like, like, what are, like, what really are yeah. his powers? This, yeah. again, Game of Thrones... Has, has set the precedence with they take the time to explain yes. everything right. that is going on. There isn't a lot of stuff that is left unsaid. Like very minor, there's very few times in the show that they do even do cutaways. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times when they did those cutaways, it was for budget reasons. Like when Tyrion got knocked out mm-hmm. or, you know, when Brienne kills Stannis. Like, you know what happened. Like, we don't need to see, you don't need to see her yeah. kill him. But you get it. But it's just, it's a, you're cutting five seconds of what happened as opposed to they go weeks. Like when they go to the dragon pit and they're trying to decide who the next king is going to be, an unsurmised uh, amount of time has passed. You yes. know, and, and Tyrion kind of, he's like, you know, I've had time to think about it and this, that, and another. That scene, like, is literally the culmination of my frustration with the <laughs> entire show. You're going to sit here and tell me, will you build up John's parentage you do all this and not once not once during that entire time no one goes no one goes hey you know who'd be a great king john you know what i'm saying (laughs) like oh you know this whole guy like the whole reason why we try to do this i understand like a you know he doesn't become king totally cool with that he doesn't want it he says it over and over and over again but yeah literally not meant mentioned by sansa not mentioned by Arya. no nobody brand not mentioned by Tyrion. They just, they don't mention it where on top of it too is like then when they finally banish him, quote unquote, banish him to the north <laughs> and, and then like the people who want the, them there. The north is, that they don't really need the yeah. Night's Watch anyways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what's the point of the Night's Watch? But now the Unsullied sell away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, okay, why are we doing this? I really thought what would have been super powerful is they brought John to that meeting. Then there's a fight about should John be king or not? And John going, I don't want it. I renounce my right. And I, uh, I want to take the black. And there's a powerful moment where John goes, "I will take no wife." I will, he says, he says the, the the words again, and then he like he gives up. 
as opposed to this is them banishing John, who is the hero of the freaking story. (laughs) They're just like, you know what? Get shit on, bro. Because that's exactly what happens with this. It's just like, screw you. We don't care about everything you did. Now you are punished, even though his punishment is like what John wants. It's like someone being like, hey, Ben, you got to go sit in your room for the next week and only play video games. Oh, man. But that's what, that's what Ben wants. You know, Ben wants that. Like, don't make it seem like it's a bad thing because yeah. that's really what they do. They're just like, oh, now you got to go to the North. How dare you? And reunite with your friends and where you were loved and you're going to see Ghost again and all your buddies. And he's just like, all right, well, if I got to go. You know, that's just kind of what it felt like with this show. Yeah. I do think also that they didn't give any fanfare to Arya. She killed the Night King, mm. which was the big threat. And they're just like, oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah, they get they give a toast to her. Yeah. Like, hey, to Arya. And everyone's like, yeah, she's pretty cool. And then just <laughs> like, eh, screw it after that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But with that being said, I don't want to crap on all this. I do have one more crapping to do. <laughs> well, I take that back. I have two crappings. Uh, I have one. Right. So the Golden Company. Mm-hmm. I, I, we had this talk. Mm-hmm. I finally they let the dragon shine, and I'm okay with that. The problem is they pe- they spent a season and a half building up the golden company. Mm-hmm. Here's this uh, elite group of cell swords that have never broken a promise. On top of in the book, they build them up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like here's this, here's that, and they get wiped in like ten seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, why on earth? They even take the time to establish Henry Strickland, the leader of the Golden Company, as a character to pay attention yes. to. Like, why even show him? That's why, <laughs> honestly, this continues on into the. it felt like with season eight, there was a lot of storylines they were writing that they kind of dropped off. I felt the idea was to have the Golden Company be more of a part of this, but they kind of just wrote them off with uh, hey, let the dragon wipe them out. The other thing that just... They also have had a endless supply of Dothraki. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure all the and Dothraki so, got and killed. At the and end. then all of a sudden, <laughs> there's tons of them riding around inside the city. That was just city. so weird. At the end of that, after the the battle with the Night King, they're just like, yeah, we lost half the uh, Unsullied and half the Dothraki. You're like, that's weird because in the episode, it made, it seem, like you, the it made it seem like you lost everybody. <laughs> like, like It's just like, this is really weird. Like, yeah, when they showed the... the, the coffins or were they coffins the, or are they just they're burning them where they i was like built all the bodies that is not that much no it wasn't <laughs> compared to what i was shown how many people died it was the kong skull but, island but situation. even at the end when she's giving the tyrannical yeah. we are going to liberate so everybody dothraki they showed around. the dothraki yeah. there's a whole load of them you're just like where are all these dothraki coming they from just, they come out of the but ground the other thing on top of, of it where you where you see yeah they're just like they're like weeds that you pull out the other thing that you see is that Tyrion admits to loving Danny. yes in the same way john does he just wasn't as successful mm-hmm. which was something that they kind of gave hints to at the end of season seven when like he is looking at them finds out, he obviously knows they're sleeping together and mm-hmm. he seems heartbroken they never talk about that through this and the other thing too is that what this show has shown to do is that if they talk about something being powerful or that can never happen it's gonna end the wall can never go down oh guess what the wall is down hey you know what's really safe the crypts everybody <laughs> should go to the crypts that's a really great place that is safe oh what happened the crypts are gone or cersei being like no one has ever ransacked the red keep except for remember when your husband did yeah cool. yeah oh yeah oh by the way that has happened but the thing that i was trying to that the reason i'm pointing to is that in season seven there's a clear there's and 
to the credit of the show, it's also in the books. There's talks of Danny going, I can't have kids. But in the books and in the show, there's a talking of the quickening of the womb. The idea that Danny is pregnant with John's kid, which was kind of hinted at a little bit in season seven. And then they're just like, nah, never mind. Forget about that. That's a storyline we're just going to wash over. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just so many things that it seemed like this show was building up to do that was just left on the cutting room floor because of how short season six had to be. Season eight. Season eight, yes. Yeah. Six episodes, season eight. And the yeah. fact that they had no source material. So my my issue with that is season six, they had no source material. And season, and season six, six is the one best. of my, in my opinion, is one yeah, of my favorite seasons. And... No, they, I actually they might have had more source material for that than the actual end. The actual end, which could happen. I, I think what just bothers me the most is because the first thing that I said when this was happening is I said HBO must have wanted them to end it, and then I found out that HBO was willing to give them no, as the many writers... seasons as possible to get this done, and that's what boggles my mind. Of this is how you want your show to end, like. The writers it's, were ready to move on. Yeah. And like DB went off like they were they were ready. Like you can tell they're going to go do Star Wars. They're going to do this already. But there's so many other writers and directors on the show that could have kept it going. Yeah. Like and I, I completely agree with you um, that they just seemed rushed. There's like, OK, I'm ready for this to be over. To the point where the director of I know is most everyone's favorite episode. It's my least favorite episode of the season is the same director that did Battle of the Bastards, which and is Hard my Home. favorite episode of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the writing throughout that whole episode is what makes it the worst episode. Not and not so much the cinemata- cinematography. No, editing was all over the place. Yeah. So and I heard, depending on what app you saw it on, what TV you had, it isn't as bad. Like well, certain I'm, not, people, I'm not talking about I'm, the darkness. I mean the like darkness. Cuts. I'm talking oh, about... Oh, the cuts, yeah. yes. Um, just the writing of that episode is mind-boggling to me yeah Um, so other than obviously where the show ended was there any other moments in season eight that you guys like i'm really happy like this even though i wasn't happy with season eight but is there anything that when you look back on season eight you're gonna be like that's something i remember so i'm really happy i I love people bringing up either uh, drogo is incredibly smart or incredibly dumb like a dog because <laughs> he either saw that the throne was a threat and burned it because of the fact that she died trying to get to it or he saw that she was cut and saw a bunch of pointy things and burned it down because it was a bunch of pointy <laughs> or he just or he out of just anguish he just spit fire and he, like the fact the throne was in his way was in his way and i love uh when that shot when john is coming up and then he comes up out of the snow uh somebody edited it to have a dark souls health bar and it worked (laughs) perfectly yes yeah Yeah. and um the show is still very beautiful throughout season eight yes i think that the issue with the dragon is something that i i've thought about because early in in the show they talk about the dragons as being very intelligent but part of the issue is it's really hard to make a, a dragon seem intuitive yes and even without in this, it being able to speak well yeah. yeah even in the scenes with you know tr- like danny and the dragons being affectionate it feels weird like it doesn't like dragons just are they're cold they're hard they don't look like they have feeling or or thoughts or anything so it's like i think that the dragon was intelligent enough to understand what was going on 
but it's really hard to show that. Mm. It is. They I should have. They should have got Sean Connery to do the. Voice. That's right. <laughs> I like the or or, ben, or Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch yeah. uh, I like the idea of that. Uh, why am I forgetting the name of the the dragon? Drogo. Drogo yeah. uh, picked up Daenerys and flew to the Misty Mountains, and then <laughs> oh, later and then on becomes... some dwarves, and okay, he becomes okay. Smaug. Okay. Like I just like I'm all, I'm all in on that theory right okay. there. Uh, like I'm all me, about that. Yeah, go ahead, um, Andrew. I know it was in it in like expense to the Golden Company, but the dragon finally actually doing what a dragon can do, which is annihilate things, which that was satisfying for me. Um, and then the first episode, which actually I think the first episode of the season is my favorite episode of, the, uh, of season eight. Of season eight, where you had those character moments that felt Game of Thronesy. You had the Sam finding out his his family is dead, confronting John, saying, "Would you have done that?" Mm-hmm. Like that whole, all of that, I really enjoyed. What hinders the first episode is the second episode, kind of just does the same thing. Which, uh, in my yeah. opinion, the second episode is my favorite episode it's of the season, favorite, yeah. just because if I remove it from the pacing and I just look at it as an episode, getting that moment of all of these characters. Connecting yeah. the knighting of Brienne yeah. by Jamie, it just there felt like a lot of or the Hound and and Beric Dondarrion and Arya talking to each other, there or or Arya yeah. finally or Arya sleeping with Gendry, like Giant all these bang, yeah, like all these moments, <laughs> all these moments. I was like, this is really cool, yeah. But it also set up for the idea of like I'm gonna see a lot of these characters die next episode, and then you kind of don't yeah. see any of those and characters die. That's the editing makes it look like they were going to die and then yes. the next shot I nope they're you. fine so what about you will is there any like moments of the show that you're just like season despite eight. all those season of season eight, eight like what was like your favorite moments um uh, andrew mentioned when sam finds out that his family died he, he has a stellar performance mm-hmm. and that his acting is fantastic um other than that i mean honestly it's like a bunch of a lot of moments wrapped up all together, just packed tight as, as we stated. So I, I don't really think of moments as much as I think of what was the meaning, what was the conclusion. And I think mm-hmm. that that's probably my favorite part is all of the symbolism of like, it, to me, it was really interesting, the choice to burn the Iron Throne and then make Bran king because Bran is the most or least objective you know he's not seeing through human eyes and so it's kind of that mystical uh bigger than us thing to do the ruling because anytime a human takes that throne it just keeps the cycle going so what danny was trying to break would inevitably just be another tyranny and so to me that that's kind of my favorite thing was like how each person concluded and and to me it just seemed really true and honest and that brand was able to bring his own throne yeah yes. <laughs> so is a brand mobile had... throne go ahead uh, i thought it was funny when sam brought up uh democracy democracy yeah yeah <laughs> so brand being king is my biggest gripe about the show and how it was delivered because we to spent me, all this time yes how it was delivered not brand being king yeah that's not my problem but the fact that brand spent all this time being like I don't feel anymore. Mm-hmm. I live in the past. 
Or, like, there's moments that they could have led us to believe, like, Bran would be a good king. Like, when Tyrion sits down to talk with him, and then it cuts away. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where, or the idea, like, it's there has been this feeling of Bran is this cold, detached person that all of a sudden when, you know, Tyrion's like, you know, hey, you should be king. And he's like, you know, I don't want it. Or, but then he goes... You know why do you think I came all this way? Which kind of had well, this I, feeling. I see that as he he saw it. He knew that it was going to happen. But then again, so in my opinion, is that there? then that sets up it seeming like he just manipulate everyone to be king. No, I saw it that he knows it's going to happen, so but, he, he has to be there. So that's the other problem with. I this don't see show. him manipulating at all. I see that yeah, he absolutely he's, set everyone up to where well, they were yeah. going to be. Yeah, but I I don't see it as him wanting to be there. He just knows he has to be there. I agree. I don't necessarily think he wanted to be there, but him responding in the way of like, why do you think I came all this way? But then again, we talked about this earlier of not knowing his the extension of his powers. We right. have seen him have minor future, but it isn't blatantly come out like, no, 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 he sees the future. The biggest thing about him is he sees the past and everything that has happened before with mm-hmm. minor tidbits of going to the future. But again, not being able to fully understand his powers, there was just moments leading up to that. I was just like, this kind of feels weird. But then even when he sets up his council, that is another thing I have a bigger problem with. Is that first of all, Braun shouldn't be no that like master him being the master of that's earlier in the You know what season. he'd be really good at? The master of war. Because that's kind of how he knows how to do things. I'm okay with him being on the council. Or just owner of a brothel. Yeah, I'm okay, with, yeah <laughs> I'm okay with him being on the council. The other thing, too, is that Braun goes, hey, you know what we need? The Master of Whispers. Hey, you know what would be a great Master of the Whispers? Uh, how Bran. about you, Bran? <laughs> you would be pretty good at doing the Master of the Whispers. You ever thought about that, buddy? Earlier in this series, uh, Tyrion was trying to explain to him how banking works, and he was very confused. Yeah. Like, so you're it, making him... The Master of Coin? Yeah, it just... There yeah, was just moments I mean, the that... Master of Coin because he likes coin. At, at the yeah. same time, though, like, if you think of Bran as kind of being this person who's knows too much, like, knowledge can be dangerous. And so him being distant and not the one actually making the decisions or doing the ruling, but being more of an aid to the people, that, to me, sounds more consistent with something that is not the Iron Throne. So, uh, I don't know. It It's kind of like the you know god or the universe having all of this extensive knowledge but still letting humans play out and i think that that seems more consistent to me but again brand being, being king, king is not my problem it's right. just but him how not they being the master whisper him not being uh Varys, basically no no i got you but it's just funny when he says that but also the, on yeah. top of it him being king and i agree with you it's like hey you guys make your decisions but then the idea of like he comes in, he's like, "Oh, have you guys heard anything about Drogon? No. Well, let me see if I can check on him. Like, hey, Bran, couldn't you have done that like three weeks ago when he was a little <laughs> bit closer? Or when he was in the the in front of the tree, he Don't said he said he was on. he was going to do something, and they <laughs> oh, never yeah. explained what he did. Yeah, exactly. There's like <laughs> Bran oh, in season eight is one of my yeah, he's, favorite. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a he's a frustrating. <laughs> I character. love that meme uh, when your friends all do the work and then you get. Here's the other thing I had problem with is that I'm so happy with Sansa being Sansa being Queen of the North. Yeah. I, yeah. That was that was probably my second favorite moment of the show. Yes. Like her getting crowned and them yelling Queen in the North, Queen in the North. Also her character became one of my least favorite characters in the entire series to one of my favorite characters right. yes. in the entire mm-hmm. series. Yeah, like agree. she was the winner of season eight. But the, the 
on a logistical <laughs> level, literally um, the Ironborn sister, I'm forgetting her name now, the other Greyjoy. Uh, Yara. Yara literally had an agreement with Daenerys of when you become queen, the Ironborn separates from the Seven Kingdoms and we rule ourselves. That was something. And she doesn't bring that up. The second Sansa's like, you know what? You're my brother and everything, but we're going to s- separate. And Yara doesn't like, oh, hey, by the way, that's kind of what I want. Oh, by the way, for thousands of years, that is all Dorne has been trying to do. (laughs) Granted, this isn't in the show. This is more in the books. Dorne has done nothing but try to separate (laughs) from from the the Seven Seven Kingdoms. Kingdoms. And then this Prince of Dorne's like, all right, whatever. Sounds good. I'll see you guys. Like, yeah, Dorne Dorne feels good about that. Like, that's just, again, it's just like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why didn't these people do this? It was weird just how Sansa's. Sansa could be like, yeah, we're not going to be a part of the kingdom. Maybe. And literally everyone else is like, all right, sounds okay. good. Maybe they were happy with Bran. It, I guess, yes, that's possible, but... Rather than a tyrant. But the, but the idea is that it's not that they're happy with Bran. It's the idea of that now they get to do their own thing, like the North mm-hmm. is doing. Yeah. Because well, they wanted that like before. Sansa was happy with Bran. Yes. But, I think all of this... All of these problems are created by trying to conclude seven intricate kingdoms, yes. wars, and stories in one scene. Yeah, and which is so contrary to Game of Thrones. Yeah, yes, I think totally. if if they gave the time, they could have done it right and made mm-hmm. it make sense. But what they were trying to do is actually impossible. Yeah. With that it being just, with that being said, obviously we all feel negative about the show, uh, but season eight. Does this change your opinion on the show as a whole no, as no. being one of the greatest shows to ever exist? It no. still is. Absolutely. You guys, yeah. you, it just doesn't change anything. What about uh, what about you guys? What are some of your favorite seasons, favorite episodes? What are some, when you look back on the show as a whole, what are you going to remember that makes you feel fondly about it despite what season eight was? Will? Well, so I don't, I, honestly, I don't break things up into seasons, It's especially because I watch them all so quickly. <laughs> yeah. mm. uh, it's kind of a blur, but obviously Battle of the Bastards is like probably the best f- battle scene I have ever seen in any movie or TV show. It's just unparalleled. All of the strategic, uh, you know, elements as far as just, the shot and the story and how it all culminated and how it comes to a conclusion was just phenomenal. Yeah, really. Good. What about you, Ben? Uh, battle of the Bastards is probably the, my favorite battle. Also, the Grey Wedding, seeing uh, Joffrey finally um, die. Purple Wedding. Purple, purple wedding. wedding. And then uh, uh, the grandmother later on being like, "I killed him." Yeah. No, she's oh, yeah. a G. Yeah. Like the <laughs> the Martell. No. Yes. Tyrell. Tyrell, that's yeah. why I always get him up. Uh, the Tyrells of just being like, yeah, sucker, it was me. Yeah. Just like, yeah, that moment I agree is really good. What about you, Andrew? Uh, all of Jon Snow up until season eight. Um, I think that's why season eight is my, maybe I can't stand it the most, of his character arc and who he is up to the King of the North scene from season six. Uh it just is all incredible um and he's he is one of my favorite characters just because i think if i was a character in a fantasy world that would John be Snow would be along he would the, lines. Be the character that i would be i um, have i have a moment that will probably be forever in my memory uh, melisandre giving birth to a demon stannis <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah i can't season, really forget that, that. season one <laughs> yeah no that season uh, two? that's yeah i think that's okay. season two yeah because they're yeah um I just want to take a moment. I agree with you. I think season six is the best season. Personally, 
here's a couple of things that happen in season six. John is resurrected, right? I we get the you. we get the Hodor moment. Uh, Hold the door. Hold the door. <gasps> we find out who John's parents are. We get Danny finally heading west. Yeah. And then we get Battle of the Bastards. Like that's all in season sure, six. Yeah. And that's I, I agree with you. Maybe they were given a little bit more from George R. R. Martin, but that season is not based off the books. That, yeah. that has not been written before, and it just shows that you can't, like, you can't be like, I get season seven wasn't the greatest, neither was season eight, but going like, well, it's because they lost material. It's like, well, all season six was was not mm-hmm. book material. Maybe they got ideas from George, obviously, like you alluded to, which is a good point, but they did it without a book to go yeah. based on. This was the writers continuing on the story in uh, collusion with George and everything else going on, delivering, in my opinion, the the best season, for sure. I think it's because everything George had alluded to throughout the books up till season six, like, I think what makes fans happy is when they can deduct things and, like, be like, oh, this is possibly what's going to happen. There's like wild fan theories where it's like, that. what are you basing that off of? And they're like, well, I saw this word in this book and this word in this book, and that's why. But like, John being a Targaryen was like super, like if you were paying attention, you knew it was going to happen. John being resurrected because we all knew the Red, the red Woman was there, but then just the Lord of Light's power of just how... It's not what they were doing, but the Lord of Light does what the Lord of Light wants. Um, and we saw that with Melisandre when she tried burning, or not tried, when she burned the little girl and thought she was doing what he wanted, um, and it didn't work. Talk uh, about moments that stick out. Yeah. That uh, burning. Oh, also, the aftermath of Davos confronting her with Jon Snow, which I think is season six as well. Oh, that scene is incredible. Yeah, it was season six where they <coughs> introduced the uh, how the others were created? Yes. Like the babies, yes. Uh, the, that might have been the children. No, no, five. season. No, that's in season three or four. Are you talking with the babies? Yes, because the that was before Mormont, who is um, because that was something Jorah's father. That, no, they they had them the, taking the babies. That taking the baby and converting the baby. Are okay. you talking about? No, the, I'm talking about converting. The, yes, that because was like that season was a three shock or four. because that was not explained in the books. There was mm-hmm. they showed the Night Kings stuff in yes they sh- yeah they show how the night king became the night mm-hmm. king later yeah. on but the babies is a little bit earlier yeah. like john still I think started it's probably the- five season five no because season five because it was already been this was before he was with the wildlings because this was stuff that wasn't in the book so, so they were off the book at so the time kiss by fire let's ask the person who watched it recently so Kiss by Fire is the <laughs> he episode. Says he doesn't see things by seasons. So Kiss by Fire is in season four, and that's the episode you Gertie and John sleep together. And the babies happened before that. Egret? Yeah, Egret. Mm. The babies have so I think it was early season four. Because season five is hard home. Well, it seems to me like I remember when they first introduced the idea of like they give the newborns as an offering. It's not really clear at that time that that's how the others are converted yeah made. they didn't show that yeah. till later i thought they, that they i thought it was not, shown shortly no they they it, it like showed them to it, it showed them taking and, it but yeah. they didn't show that but it happens it happens before harder happens though. and hard home's the end of season five so another so. great episode yeah hard home is another yeah. really really yeah. powerful even though i i think most people other than season eight obviously i think a lot of people feel like season five was kind of the down like when there's you talk a lot to of a lot of people who feel season yeah, five isn't as good as the other. A lot of people other. who say seasons one through four are the prime. 
Game of Thrones. Three and four being the prime. Yeah. But I think season six is is the best season. To me, season all. six is the payoff season of everything we got through one yeah. through five. And yeah. that's why. And that's the reason why it's so great there. Um, I don't know how you don't have a Game of Thrones episode not talk about the Red Wedding, though. Like, mm-hmm. that moment will yeah. stick with me forever. Like, that was hard the, to the watch. The funny thing that was... is uh, the Red Wedding actually doesn't affect me at all. What? Uh, yeah, because I didn't like Rob. I didn't like any of that. Yeah, I don't know why. You I don't like Rob? I didn't Rob like is Rob. one of my favorite like, characters in the entire woman show. Gets stabbed well, in the stomach. You, that, I've seen. How do you not? I've seen so much. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, what are you doing? <laughs> You're free time. Horror movies, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I got you. There's so much worse than those. Uh, no, um, the part that actually sticks in my mind in an episode that I can't ever go back and watch is the death of uh, the Dorn guy. Pedro oh, Oberyn. <laughs> like the, the screaming uh, or the head pop, like oh, that. Yeah. that oh, the story that, of how he yeah. raped his sister and that, killed the babies. That and... episode actually made me sick to my stomach. I agree with you. Compare, yeah. Which owed to the show, again, introducing Oberyn Martell yeah. and then six or seven episodes later killing him, but the impact of like falling in love with that character because yes. a lot of people, that's uh, the snake and the viper, I want to say, mm-hmm. or the mountain and the viper is the name of the episode. Uh, and then killing off all his daughters. No. Yes. Nieces? No, his yeah, daughters. No, his, his, daughters, yeah, his daughters yeah. with... So, the other thing is, and you guys don't, may not know this without reading the book, the other thing the show didn't do that a lot of people from the book wish they had, it just reminded me of the Martell. So, the mountain kills Elia Martell, who mm-hmm. is Oberyn's sister, I do believe, um, and then kills all her babies. There was a theory in the book, and they actually show this in the book, that one of the babies is saved by berries and switched with a different berries and okay. is known as young Griff. And you actually see young Griff later on with Danny, and the theory is his, he is Aegon Targaryen, who is uh, Rhaegar and Danny's brother as well. Yep. And that a lot of people felt that if you would have, obviously the show had have been longer, but if maybe the season where Danny makes this flip he comes up and he's like a pretender to the throne okay. where um, I do want to talk about that just for a second for the people who have read the books, just because that was probably one of the biggest gripes of people at the end of season eight is the fact that they did this entire thing and they didn't once talk about young Griff mm-hmm. and the theory of being able to or, confirm uh, that. bring Catelyn Stark, yeah, Lady Stone, Lady Stoneheart, which is what we talked about in one episode while you were watching Game of oh, Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, well, we could talk about it, but like it does, it's off the books. So Beric Dondarrion gives himself up in the books and transfer his power of the Lord of Light to Catelyn hmm. to become Lady Stoneheart, where she's no longer really Catelyn Stark. She's literally a spirit vengeance. of vengeance. Yeah. She's only on, she becomes she a monster. She can't talk because they slit her throat. Yeah, she becomes a monster that is, and she leads the Brotherhood and a lot of other things within the books. And like kind of up in the air, but it seemed like she had killed Brienne or had Brienne killed Yeah, at like, the end of the fifth like book. She's just purely about avenging her family. They just the did books. away with that entire mm-hmm. storyline. Yes, they did with away. And, and also, then, uh, Rob's Rob's da- uh, Rob's wife, wife wasn't at the red wedding. Oh, yeah. So there's there's a lot of differences. So with that being said, ha- has this show made you either want to go back and reread or give a chance to the Song and Fire Nice series? No, no, absolutely not. Not even a little bit. <laughs> Is it, it because of how big? To... <laughs> is it because of how big or how long the stories are, or is it because I've seen the show? I'm good. I don't need to read. There's the only books. five books. Well, I... there's supposed to be seven. Uh-huh. Andrew. That's why I'm not going to go. It just if, seems like maybe if he releases the two books, it well, would be a long read. 
with a lot of dialogue. And I highly recommend for the first five books, uh, Audible book, uh, yeah. audio books, because Roy Jatrice, he does every voice and he has a different voice for every character and it's he does it so well that when he's doing a voice you know what character he's playing and that'd he be did, a really cool he experience did phenomenal job but he oh. passed away this last year so he's not going to be able to do six and seven but he if did they the, ever come the first out. five yeah he did all five yep all five which the c uh books four and five have a great story about them is originally book four was supposed to be so long that when george turned it in they're just like we physically can't build a book this big like the bind, like bindings <laughs> can't do it. You have to split it in two. And there's a reason why season four, sorry, book four and book five are split in between views. Like in book four, at the end of it, George even writes, he says, I, the characters you love, like Danny and John, who weren't in this book, that's the focus of the fifth book. Yeah, because originally book, at the same time. Yeah, book four and five are, are supposed to happen at the same time. It's kind of like with the two towers mm-hmm. where the whole Shelob event is happening the same time as... Uh, the Battle Helm's of Helm's Dale. Deep, but it isn't shown until the Return of the King. Yeah. So, but mm. cano- uh, not cano- uh, chronologically, that is when it's taking place. Shelob is taking place during the Return of the King, but when it's written in the book, it's Helm's Deep and Shelob going on at the same time. Yeah, going yeah. on at the same time. Everything like that. So there it is, Game of Thrones. All right. The, obviously, season eight, we didn't all love it, but the show will always have a special place in my heart. I think it should mm-hmm. be mentioned. Mm-hmm. With- yes. You know, the Wire, the Wire, Wood, even all with the great the last shows. Season, I do recommend people who haven't seen it to watch the show. Yeah, you should absolutely. Yeah. Watch. And I, all I, the way through. I'm excited to see what they do with Star Wars. Say, oh, yes. totally. Yes, because again, this is your you you can t- this is like if I was a teacher and I had an A student continually deliver great A papers and then on their final they skip through a bunch and it's like a C plus. You're just like, okay, you rush through this. I know what you're capable mm-hmm. of. Yeah. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Because you just want school to be over. And that's kind of what this show <laughs> kind of felt like, is like mm-hmm. they just wanted it to be over yeah. and everything. But Because they've been the showrunners since the beginning, which yeah, is rare for beginning. a TV show. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Very, since the very yeah. beginning. But before we go, <clears throat> we have the segment of Can You Guess the Movie? I'm really bad at this game. <laughs> Can You Guess the Movie? I actually, if I'm going to bank on someone getting this movie, I'm betting on Ben. Yeah. Was, I, on was ben. I the one Never that bet on Ben. The last week's episode? Yes, you okay. actually guessed Jaws before the end. Yes. As soon as I said Steven Spielberg, Andrew and I texted over it. Yeah. He guessed Jaws. I didn't know. He I didn't did guess either. Close Encounters of the Third okay. Kind. Which was my second. Which was yeah. your second guess and everything. All right. So here we go. So basically, what can I guess you movie is? Can you guess the movie is? Is that I give different categories of a movie one at a time and the guys try and guess it at first we i give them the genre if they can't get it i give them the year can't get it i give the main actor then the director and hopefully by then they're at least able to guess the movie so to start off with the genre of this movie is action fantasy thriller action Action, fantasy fantasy thriller andrew what do you think what's your guess buddy terminator it is not terminator good guess flash gordon Ooh, great guess. Flash Gordon. Not Flash Gordon. The Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal. Great, great guess. Not the Dark Crystal. I'm hoping one day you guys get it on this. I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> okay, the year this movie came out, the action fantasy thriller, 2003. 2003 Alien action Predator. fantasy thriller. Alien vs. Predator? No, it is action not fantasy. Alien vs. Predator. 2003 action fantasy thriller. What do you think, Ben? Anything coming to mind? Nope. Okay. All right. What about when you, Will? did uh, Lord As of the I Rings said, come I'm, out? I'm bad at... Lord of the Rings was times. 2000... I want to say it was 
2004, 2007? That's, uh, that's my guess. Okay, Lord, not Wars. Lord of the Rings. Huh? Star Wars. No, not Star Wars. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you the main actor, and so you can all say the movie at once, because if you don't get it at now, I don't know what you're going to get it. The main actor is Kate Beckinsale. Nope. Underworld. Underworld. Yeah, there it is. There it is. It is Underworld. Yeah, the movie is Underworld. <laughs> that, that, that's so funny you guys said it. At I didn't the same think time. I don't think... I almost thought about switching and saying director first. The director was uh, Len Wiseman. Oh, wait, wait, I wasn't wait. sure. Yeah, but I wanted to at least give you guys... So yeah. it is Underworld 2003. Have you seen Underworld? No. You... Well, I don't, now I don't know. Now after Godzilla, I don't know about suggesting <laughs> movies to Will. Because Underworld is a, is kind of a little bit of a very early 2000s classic. It is a... It's it's like almost Resident, like a period it's piece. Like Resident yes. Evil, yes. Uh, Underworld, Ultraviolet. I feel like those. I, I were feel all... like the two thousands. Werewolves. I feel about them how you feel about the nineties. Oh, the early two thousands. Yeah, I'm still trying to understand the two thousands and try to figure <laughs> out what was their thing, other than just so completely lock of identity. Lots of action and gritty and. Yeah, if it leather, wasn't for the leather. fact, if it wasn't for the fact, I would defend the prequels. I enjoy the prequels. If it wasn't for the fact that we got Star Wars and Lord of the Rings in the early two thousands, I would agree with you. Okay, but yeah. we did. I'm just and... like music, everything. Like it, it was. What, just you don't like the Black weird. Eyed Peas? <laughs> <laughs> where's the love, man? <laughs> where Where's the love? All right, guys. So you can find us at Twitter at Nerd Weekly Cast. We're on Instagram at Nerd Weekly Podcast. We're on Facebook at Nerd Weekly. Please join the Facebook page. Email us if you happen to have an email at nerd.weekly.forever at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out our other podcasts. Our video game podcast, of course, is Biomodded. And then, of course, our awesome comic books podcast with the beautiful Andrew and Cody, uh, Origins and Adaptations. All right, guys. Appreciate you listening in. Mm -hmm. It's... It's been a ride. <laughs> I'm, I'm at Nomaco2 on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I guess you care about other people. Andrew, where can people find you? Labuted Cooper uh, on Instagram. Ben? At Nomaco2 <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, my address is... <laughs> <laughs> my no, social right. security. <laughs> Willie B. Snazzy on Instagram. All right, guys. Thank you so much. You guys take it easy.